0: Welcome to the Tea Hut Podcast.
1: I'm Moby. I'm Leland Steele. And I'm Marty. You know, it's funny, Leland. Every time you say, I'm Leland Steele, your tone, while we have this damn ghost around, your tone is like very final. It's like as if you're the final introduction. Yeah, I know. It is. It's like, but I'm Marty.
2: I'm here. But I'm Ghost Marty. Yes, he's. Yeah. Slash Force Ghost Marty. <laughs>
3: <You are laughs> we were not.
2: thinking about that after know, the last we episode. <laughs>
3: We'd shit in the bed there. Oh, well. So obvious.
1: Boys, 50 episodes. Yeah, not even counting bonuses. Like 50 main episodes yeah. as of right now. I think
2: it's like over a dozen bonus we've had.
1: Yeah. In- the Star Wars was a bonus episode 14, I think. Wow. Well, I- including you know such great uh, bonus episodes as Ash versus Evil Dead season two. Yeah. Um, we had half a listener for that one, right? So, and uh, of course, our very first bonus episode was a bonus fiasco.
2: Three parter. Oh, yes. Oh yeah, it was it a three parter? It was a three parter in which many people tuned up for the last two.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you
2: know, three parts for three listener.
1: Three parts for three
2: listener. <laughs> Uh, we, should, we should play Fiasco again sometime.
1: I love Fiasco. I love that game. And Marty's really good at the game too. I enjoy it. Somehow. And it's weird because you have to create the most zany, fucked up characters. And it's just natural for yeah. us.
2: You know what's funny? You know what made me think of that um, a few weeks ago uh, was the, the the guy who created Sour Toes Whiskey or whatever. Yeah. He died. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he passed away. I think it was, a, it was last month. I was heard him talking about it on the radio. I forgot to message you guys about it. well, and he—I believe they said that he, as his, la, you know, in his last will and testament, he's donating his toes to carry on the
0: sour <laughs> toe tradition.
2: <laughs> put your toes, put his toes in the whiskey, for, so people can drink it. That's a real thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, I it's thought good. you were
1: creative. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Never mind. I didn't make – I didn't – Moby named Sour Toast. Oh. I named Sour Toast. But it is after a real um drink that you can get uh, up in the Yukon. And people like fly to this little yeah. old yeah. hotel from all over the world to drink. It's just whiskey with a rotted toe in it. Okay. But that's possibly the <laughs> one tradition less disgusting than our podcast. So, yeah. But yeah, 50 in. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you to Marty. That uh, because of our seance, he was able to uh, not only join us again, but actually remind us of when he was alive, when you were alive. Marty, mm-hmm. talking about you like you're dead because you are. But
3: yeah, it's nice. It's <laughs> nice that I'm here to defend myself when you guys shit on me in
0: other episodes.
3: <laughs> you know, speaking ill of the ill of the dead, it's usually not very nice. But you guys have no problem. I, I knew they had radio in the underworld. I just I
1: didn't think broadcast. They penetrated have the internet lava.
2: everywhere, dude.
1: We just <laughs> There's have a
2: really, Wi-Fi everywhere. I guess mm-hmm. Telus
3: and Shaw are very competitive. A really <laughs> shitty <laughs> podcast player. It only has your channel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense.
3: It's hell. <laughs> <laughs> Leland's Inferno, the
1: ninth <laughs> level. Um, yeah. So we're so, but as part of this, uh, you did the uh, creative setup. We actually do plan. Well, usually I plan, Leland reacts, Um, but you and I always planned. So you got to do this, and I I think it's pretty cool. We're going to hit up Best of the Decade, eh?
3: Yeah, so we're going to talk about the last 10 years. Um, You know, I've been thinking about some fun memories the three of us have shared, including eating all of the A&W menu. Five years ago, uh, that was five oh, years ago. That was only Jesus. five. Yeah, only five. Wow. Which soon the whole Burger family and their pet and their
2: pet dog. <laughs> the whistle Rest whistle in dog. peace. You can no longer get it. Oh, that's a shame because the Whistle Dog. The Whistle Dog good was good. <laughs> yeah, it was a
3: good. It wasn't even expensive. No. No. It was so good. Do you remember that was like thirty five dollars? Yeah, that was ridiculous. CAD for our American listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, listener. Duh. Yeah, Canadian. So
1: like in the US it could buy a double bubble, but still. <laughs> um I, I remember that memory. I was just I was eating the auxiliary parts of the family. Like I went for the uncle for some reason and the
3: No, the you had we had the uncle. You had, like, the veggie burger, the, like, matzah burger. You had all yeah. the ones that weren't named after the family. That's apparently. right. Yeah, That's yeah, right.
2: Yeah. So, collectively, we had the entirety of the A&W menu. Well,
1: I, I remember you getting out your bank card, and you ordered, and the gr- poor, like, teenage girl there, she's like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. She, <laughs> and then
3: and then right after I paid, Leland was like, I'll take that, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's like, what is going yeah, on?
3: Yeah, make it a double. <laughs>
2: Oh that's that's
3: good. That memory. was gross.
2: That makes me shudder to think about that, honestly.
3: <laughs> I saved the grandpa burger to last, which was a terrible oh, yeah, mistake. Was awful, it was so dry. Awful. Oh yeah. yeah. I
2: think after that we were begging for them to put the hormones. Oh, back that's what I was just meat. about to say. Yeah. Like,
3: please, <laughs> please, I want the hormones.
2: Put
0: the hormones back I remember
1: that, yeah. Uh so those, yeah, could have done something better on the barbecue. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into little anecdotes like that as we go through uh through each segment as well because We do this podcast and video games, board games, movies have been a big part of our life. So it kind of intersects with a lot of our our favorite moments.
3: Yeah, it's kind of cool to talk about. I mean, thinking about board games in particular, like this was the decade that Leland got into board games heavily. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really remember board games being a big thing in our lives until the 2010s. Probably in the last maybe six, seven years more like.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The the latter half of the decade. (sighs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I really, our only exposition to that was,
1: or exposure, I should say, was just doing, like, Pictionary and stuff like that before, occasionally, those kind of nights, nice, a little bit of Settlers of Catan here and there, but we were primarily movie and video game people before, but... Drunkopoly. Drunk... Drunkopoly. Drunkopoly, oh. Yes, Jesus. Oh, boy.
2: That, when, if that doesn't turn any off of the
1: board games, then I don't know what will. I, I don't know centurion should have a board it doesn't but it nice <laughs> centurion does need a board could you imagine that
3: would be Ooh. so
2: much easier to keep track of how it do we would. keep track of 100 shots of beer
1: yeah how did we
2: i don't remember keeping track of it Did no, we do only 100 we, we
3: just counted out loud
1: you you wonder how many shots of beer we did like we went over or under where we were supposed to yeah go? did we ever actually do 100 or did we do 140 no we did whoa okay like miscounted I mean. you know right um, what I remember from Centurion is it, it was actually easy to do with just the beer alone. So we had to introduce like a shot of heart every 25th. Being, yeah. And then that started to... Yeah.
2: So if listener me. is unacquainted, Centurion is 100 shots of beer in 100 minutes. So... I don't know how many. Did we figure out how many cans of beer that actually equated to? It was like six or seven. Yeah, I mean. it was like it six was or seven. about
3: seven. Yeah. Okay. Which, and it
1: wasn't the alcohol that hurt you in that game. It was, it was um, the volume. It was the volume. It was this frothy, like fizzy yeah. stuff in your stomach, and you felt like you didn't have room for anymore.
2: And you well, sat there
3: the whole time. We also
2: too. the first one we did with Lucky Force Eight, an eight percent terrible lager. Yes. Oh, that was
1: just the three of us. Ugh. That. That's right. That was horrific. I remember it was spilling all over the table. It smelled like a toxic waste dump, which probably would be healthier for you.
0: Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. maybe
1: Lucky Force 8 was toxic waste. I don't know. It was last decade. You know, health standards (laughs) were a
2: little bit
3: lower. Well, the worst part was I think we did like three of them in a year.
2: Oh, yeah. Fuck. There was a bout that we were just drinking way too much.
0: Well,
3: Well, and that's. Or we drinking way too little now. (laughs) <laughs> I know what
2: I would no. say. Oh uh, no, no. no, no. I've I've no, I think I'm going to um, vote on
3: the the for drink, I, I
2: drink the appropriate amount of these. Days. <laughs>
3: Just an ex- an excessive amount once per year at a Christmas party. That's it.
1: <laughs> that's a that's what I've what I'm doing lately. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was also a decade so listener, we used to have we've mentioned it before we had what was called reathons. So we would bring a bunch of TVs over to Uh, Leland or Marty's side by side Um, we'd hook up Resident Evil 4 on various consoles and we had this whole point system on how to you know score points as we beat the game in one night it would give you statistics at the end of each of its five chapters so the game kind of helped out in that way and it gave some additional stats when you finished the game but it got to the point that we all hated it because just like with Centurion we have this habit of like Oh, I like this. Let's do it tomorrow and yes, the next day. Let's do it to excess.
3: That was more last decade, though. Uh, it, it, ended but, but decade. it ended this But it ended this day. Correct. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I was just going to clarify. And, and that's that's where I was going with it. Because by the end of it, there were actually written rules to stop Leland from resetting his his game. Which yeah. is irony because he didn't follow those rules. Despite them being the rules, he just shut it off anyways. It, it was, listener, at times, it was like suicide. It was suicide watch. I remember his thumb over the power one time on his PS2. He's like, I can't go on. I can't do it anymore. It was all- and I'm like, no, Leland, Leland, you have a reason to live. This is fun. You can come back. He's like, no, I can't come you back. You have Ashley. <laughs> Ashley's still alive. <laughs> Ashley's still. Help me, Leon. Have- Help me, you Leon. You have to take care of Ashley. <laughs> I, I don't think it worked. I think at some point you're... Well, Leland's okay. If I don't give a
2: fuck enough about the the thon to be, to want to turn my whole console off. I'm not going to care about the minus five points I get every time I turn my console off. <laughs>
3: I don't know why I thought that would work. But. Yeah, it was a really bad idea. It's funny, but like, it obviously wasn't going to keep him in the game at that point.
2: Well, it also helped that I never won a single one, one of
3: them. No. I think I came in
2: second maybe one time.
3: Yeah, I think he did second once because I think one time I got third. Yeah. I won the first few, and then Marty just took off and kicked ass on those ever since. Yeah, well, whenever we started doing the special weapons runs, then I was pretty much a guaranteed block. But the other ones, I think I only beat you once with regular weapons, maybe once, something like that. Yeah, you schooled us the first couple.
1: Well, you know what was crazy was my brother joined us in on that one, and he had never played the game before. And, like, he didn't win. I think he was, like, fourth. Maybe he beat you. I don't know Leland, But... (laughs) He held his own though. Like he, he was maybe half an hour behind the rest of us.
3: Yeah, he great. did pretty good considering he'd never played it. Yeah. We did have to help him with the puzzles. Yeah, that's true. And you. We have to and help me. you with the puzzles. I as well. hate
1: that puzzle block sliding thing. Everyone thinks that's so easy. <laughs> it it's is. so hard. Five moves. You know, you, Five moves. Yeah. yeah. You just have to know where to start. But the problem is, I don't know where to start, so I mix everything
3: up. And I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, then you're fucked. Well, see, I had one of those as a kid. It was like a spider, and you had to put it back together, so I was already prepped. I've been training my whole life for that moment. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Training your whole life. (laughs) Um, Well, we'll get into more of these anecdotes as we jump into the the segments. But doing three segments for the first time in a year and a half, I say we jump in. Yeah, Yeah,
3: let's do it. So buckle up. You'll be here for fucking days, it sounds like. That's well, it's right.
1: Started, it's already been half an hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the first one we're going to do is movie musings. So, of course, very close to Moby's heart. You know, I, before we go into our favorite movies of the decade, um, I just want to ask if there's any trends you've noticed, personal trends in your film consumption. These could be technological types of films you're interested in. Uh, Marty, why don't we start with you?
3: Well, the one thing I definitely noticed in the last decade is I don't go to theaters nearly as much as I used to. No. So in the late 2000s, we used to go all the time, mm-hmm. constantly. And now we do not. I no. think like I maybe see four to six eight most years now, something yeah. like that. Um, whereas I think at one point I was seeing two a month. Or close to it. Not every month, but, you know, at least in the, like, April to September range.
1: Now, is that just a factor for you because of how our friendships evolved? You know, we, we don't live in the same town anymore, all three of us. Um, Well, in your case, the same plane of existence.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: um, But does
3: streaming have a role? Well, we only have cats in hell, so... <laughs> it's on every screen um oh no before they fixed it
1: (laughs) listener no
3: yeah so part of it is that humanity but part of it i think is just that i don't really i don't get it up unless it's something really big in theaters you know like it has to be something really worth seeing or i'm really stoked for i mean for the amount of money it costs to go see it i'd rather just watch it at home for five dollars or free on netflix or whatever yeah, I mean, I just... Unless it's something we're all really stoked about, or we're all like, okay, let's all go, I very rarely go. Right. I mean, right. I think my wife and I maybe go twice a year together, usually, that we agree on a film we both want to see. And then, but then we do the VIP, spend the money, go see it, and enjoy it, at least... If, even if it's not a great film, at least we enjoy the time out. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for, like, yeah, seeing it with you guys, I think what we saw, Rise of the Skywalker, and then before that, uh, saw Joker yeah with Leland um and then that was probably the last thing before uh Endgame maybe was the one before yeah. that so yeah maybe and then I think John Wick so four last year with you guys oh
0: yeah
2: I saw John Wick we reviewed John Wick oh yeah <laughs> yeah
3: yeah I think the episode was long time was it was I in the guest for that no I wasn't you no, guys were without me yeah there. it
2: was just Moby and
3: I just shitting on it yeah and it's so funny a lot of people loved that one like listening to so other weird other you know people's what, reviews though? yeah I've
2: seen it a it feels like nobody likes rise of skywalker
3: i know i thought about that too and then you know what i saw a really fun i'll have to show you guys a video of some it's just some buff dude screaming about how he liked the film and that then you go online and all these fucking nerds don't like it <laughs> and <they're>, they whine <laughs> about every stupid thing it's actually really funny um it's just a minute of him yelling he looks like a cross between like macho man and like hulk hogan i don't know <laughs> it's a good time <laughs> that's awesome but uh yeah i i you know I don't know if it's like... I don't think it's necessarily the quality of films. I just think I'd rather just watch it at home when it's cheaper, honestly.
2: What about you, Leland? Yeah, no, I'm uh, very much the same. I dislike immensely going to the movie theater. Generally, just because there's people there. And also because of the excessive ads in in the lead-up. Although with the... Uh, with with like AVX and assigned seating, like you could literally show up like 15 minutes late, have your seat there because you already bought your ticket. I don't know. It just with with the evidence streaming too. It's that's now I'm I my consumption is all of it at once, right? Like that's I don't know any other way to consume media anymore. Like legitimately, I don't know how to. <laughs> so. Like I, yeah, I said I got a free trial for Disney Plus, and I blitzed through The Mandalorian uh, yesterday or Saturday or whatever, whatever that whatever day it was, it was in a single sitting, you know. And then, uh, then the following day, I blitzed through the three the original Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> and guess what? I'm done with Disney Plus now because there's nothing else on it.
1: Yeah, that's we'll discuss that in our episode fifty one because Disney okay. Plus. Um, I think we both need to rant about that. It sucks. It does. And it had no reason to suck. It had every reason not you to know suck. What? Given you know the what? Back the one thing
2: that I went out, there, other than The Mandalorian, that I purposely went there and like, hmm, I, want, I, I haven't seen this yet. I'm going to watch it. I looked for the Solos, uh, Solo. And they don't get it back from Netflix until July 9th, 2020, <laughs> according to Disney Plus itself. It doesn't show up under the movie section when you look under Star Wars. But when you go and search it, you can search Solo and it comes up. And then you click on it and it says due to previous agree- uh, arrangements, we <laughs> we don't
3: have oh. we don't
2: have this on our platform until july 9th,
3: twenty twenty. What about last Jedi? Because that's last on Jedi Netflix is on as well. Still. Really? Yeah.
2: Well then maybe it's maybe, maybe it's, it's something a non
3: exclusive or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, must some, it must be something must be something else.
2: I just assumed it was something to do huh. with Netflix because Netflix had it, it on last be. time I saw it. They must right? have
3: got an exclusive, yeah. Sure.
1: How
2: do you yeah.
3: how do you let that happen? I don't know. They That's must have so known stupid. it was coming. Yeah, of they
1: course. should have been planning. They've been what planning. A bunch of for fucking years. idiots.
2: Like, what a sloppy fucking rollout for the biggest corporation in the fucking world.
1: Yeah. That's completely ridiculous. And and the level of original content is pathetic. Pathetic. So here's the thing. There, there's, there's tons of like some
2: of the older cartoons, like the 90s X-Men, and I was watching Darkwing Duck. I watched a couple episodes the other day. And Those are things like, yeah, I would put on in the background if I was doing something. But those are not things that I would pay for a monthly service for. No. There's nothing on there that I would, like, I can't browse. I can't browse Disney Plus like I can browse Netflix because nothing on there attracts me. I don't give a shit about Disney movies. Again, maybe to put it on for background, I I wouldn't have. But, like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I have seven days. What is there to watch on this? One seven days a garbage free trial by the way disney mm-hmm. yeah how do you expect people to forget that they have a free trial going and then you get an extra month's charge out of them before they cancel if it's not a month long <laughs> what a bunch of morons <laughs> right that's, that's what do you a do good with point cuz that's what you literally do yeah. with every other free trial you forget you ha- it's it's coming up yeah and then you get charged and you're like well okay i guess i'm <laughs> Whereas with for 7 it. days you're
1: like okay i've got 3 days right. to go 2 days I know days
2: to go. july 3rd i'll cancel it and not wipe my hands clean of it cuz i I won't go Jan- back. January
3: third, Leland.
1: January
2: third. January third. Not July. <laughs> July third. Six okay. months. No. <laughs> I'm already
3: forgetting.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I don't want to take us too too far off topic. No, I'm some sorry, strong, but yes,
2: I there. I I don't know. I like have like the I have the opposite of no patience. I can sit for six hours and watch something. <laughs> but if it's like an hour and a half not sit for six hours right? But if it's like an hour and a half if it's like a movie I'm like well okay but now what I look at my watch I'm like I got four and a half hours to kill (laughs) what do I do now
3: you're like the Netflix primary customer absolutely you're perfect 100% but the nice thing about Netflix is you'll find a bunch of weird shit that you didn't think you'd like yes
2: absolutely
3: whereas with Disney Plus you know exactly what's on there so you're like I want X-Men okay I know I want this X-Men Okay, well, now I'm done. Now what? Exactly. Right. Exactly.
1: Perfect summation of my feelings.
3: Uh, well, well, on that about, note...
2: What about you, though, for trends?
1: Yeah, um, I'm a little bit different than you guys. Um. Simul- the only reason I see less movies is because I see less movies with friends. Uh, you guys, but also my other group of friends, it's kind of broken up, but it was still back together back then. We would see a fair amount of movies. I would say the amount of movies... I see per year in theaters has maybe dropped about forty percent, which is a lot, but I still go more than you guys. I probably go three movies a year alone, just stuff that I know nobody else wants to see, and I have no problem doing that.
3: Oh, like, I, I see those too, but they're not really like normal films. Those are like the special films, you know. Like the sticky theaters. Like I still oh. go I still see those ones by myself. Oh, like yeah. Thor
1: Thor Regnacock*.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, and cats. <laughs> 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 meow. Moonlight.
1: <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah, so so that's me. Um I you know, the streaming hasn't really changed things for me because basically it's become the new wait for it to come out on video. So like the previous decade, there would be films all the time I'd wait to come out at the local blockbuster or Rogers video. But those are gone now. But so now I just wait for streaming. In general, where I'm at, I do think I'm at a better place. I mean, I probably drop 30 bucks a month on streaming ballpark between Amazon Prime, Netflix, and YouTube uh, Premium. But I like it. I mean, that content's there. And like what Leland said, you and you, Marty, you discover stuff you didn't know was there. And it's not like you have to spend 4 bucks to rent the tape that has it or the DVD. It's like you can just sample it right then and there. So I do like that. Um, You know, where where I worry about the next decade, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before, is that with more and more streaming services, you're going to come to a breaking point. I don't think it's going to be at the end of the decade. I think it's going to be the next few years. I mean, what, like CBS has theirs coming out. HBO is, I think, spinning off. Like they were part of Crave, but now they're going to be alone. Uh, CBC has one. Doubt there's a single listener for that or watcher for that. CBC Gem. Uh, Isn't that irony? Um, (laughs) And it's like, but there's going to be so many and you can't spend $150 a month on streaming. That's too much. Right. Uh,
2: But so then what, I mean, how long is it going to be until your uh, wait for video release method ends up being,
1: well, which... Platform? Do I need to wait for which movie? I I think you're going to see a new kind of platform, which is basically going to be, for the lack of a better term, like a cloud storage um, streaming service. But it, it's your own, and it's where you download movies to, and you know, it's kind of you can access them, but there's no content there for you. It's the content that you purchase. Um, I know my friend Joe has. Uh, he's found a private service that will let him do that himself so he can scan uh, his own dvds and blu-rays in and it puts them on a uh, streaming like client where he can access them anywhere so i forget i don't know the name of that so i think that's where it might be going there's a service they shut down i think it was called ultraviolet which was similar to that it would be like only certain companies would have their movies, you'd get a digital copy in ultraviolet, but it would be like a streaming client. You could click on which of your ultraviolet movies you wanted. You just entered a code. So I think we're heading there as far as movie distribution goes. Because like I'm not gonna get a brand new streaming service just to watch one movie.
2: You know what? I mean, I I swear I've said it on Mike before, but I would I would pay For some type of service that allows me to just watch a theatrically released film at home. That something is just in theaters, like the money can still... I don't know, I don't really... I guess I don't... It wouldn't go to the theaters, obviously. That would compete directly with them. But there is no other competition for that type of... But if I want to watch the new Star Wars that came out last Friday or whatever... Why can't I just like pay a 15 buck ticket or whatever or whatever the price works out to be you know you know what i'm saying but like and then just be able to view it at home even though it's brand new
1: yeah because the studios don't make as much money that way well and and i'm not defending the studios i'm just saying that's how it is
3: i think some films too they still they're better in theaters but i get your point because i mean sometimes you want to see something it just came out you do not want to sit in a theater to see a dramatic film for the most part i mean it's like whatever but like some action movies are pretty cool in theaters still
2: that's true that's true. I mean, there is an experience there that you mm. do miss out on. But if we're taking Moby's wait for it to release on video approach, anyways, then it's six and one half does the other. You're missing out
1: on it anyways.
2: Yeah, so that's it's true. Like
3: so more, you, I want Give it me now. more convenience. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Give me more convenience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, last point before we jump into our top ten or or whatever you've got. Um, I wanted to ask, do you have any especially positive memories of certain film you went and saw this past decade?
3: Well, so I didn't have a top ten for film, okay because it's just i just couldn't I couldn't do it. um I have some some good ones and I can throw them in when we do the top ten, so maybe i'll sure. I'll do that, but one like I'll just give you my one of my favorite experiences, which is frankly was just seeing Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah, that was my favorite theater movie by far ever. So seeing that in theater was just theaters twice was awesome, and
1: that was a theater movie, like that's a movie with the the sound like you could literally feel that in your inside of your body, like the bass and stuff because it was yeah. all action oh I all still rock feel it music. it never
3: left me <laughs> It never left it's still yeah.
1: vibrating in there. yeah,
3: maybe that's a murmur, I don't know, but it's
1: <laughs> it's good i I do remember that that was an awesome movie i that was a lot of fun for us to see, um yeah. Yep. You know, when I thought about it, really my my positive experiences were watching the movies with you guys and then podcasting about them after. The two that stand out are Blade Runner 2049 and Thor Ragnarok. It was tiring as fuck, um, but it was fun to do. Blade
3: Runner was very tiring. It was a long movie and a long podcast. <laughs> I think we were done recording that at like 1 a.m. or I think something so. like that. I remember driving home and thinking that I'm not going to make it. <laughs>
1: So, well, we we learned a lesson. It's the time when you go see the movie as well <laughs> that has an effect. But no, those those are really my uh, my positive experiences that that stand out. As we'll head into our top ten, I mean, I, or whatever you have, I was able to come up with a top ten. But as I was telling Leland, you know, as you were still congealing your your vapors to form in that chair, I had a hard time finding anything outside of my top 10 like i was barely able to come up to 10 i don't think it was a great decade for movies unless you're someone who's like a fanboy of every marvel film and you could fill up like 20 films because it's all marvel
3: or you're really like maybe obsessed with some indie films or maybe some like uh academy you know clickbait that you really loved or something but like i neither of like i don't think any of us have watched all those you know really I know, indie I flex
2: perusing some you know best of decade lists and i haven't seen any of them <laughs> like yeah i haven't seen, I haven't seen 12 years of slave i haven't seen roma like all these f- films that are critically acclaimed out the yin yang i haven't seen any of them
3: there's a bunch that i've been meaning to watch for forever like 12 years a slave yeah. and like um the florida project and like a bunch yeah. of other ones that i've been looking at they've been in my like netflix queue for forever and i just keep pushing them further away. I've seen 12 Years
1: a Slave. I mean, I I guess I remember it being good, but it was kind of forgettable. So was Lincoln, even though I'm a huge Daniel Day-Lewis fan. I mean, that's, for the most part, and there are gems. Some of my favorite movies of all time are in my top 10. But as a decade goes, I would describe it as forgettable. It hmm. For me. I, I remember a hell of a lot more movies from the, the 2000s, but especially like the 90s like I could just start ripping stuff off then I 90s I need like a top 50 list but Hmm. um yeah this past
3: decade wasn't it's funny you say that because I was thinking about video games and I thought 2000s I would have a hard time coming up with a top 10 yeah but I also think that is indicative of like our ages at the time Mm -hmm. because at that age I mean I was just obsessed with video gaming that's all I freaking did right so I had a lot of games I played so maybe the movies is similar for you
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, so this is similar to me with video games. When I like something, I never stop watching it or playing it. And so what I've noticed with the films is, um, in many cases, not all, because some of these films are from 2019, I'll see them at least once a year. Um, With video games now, a lot of games that I picked for next segment um, or a couple segments down the road... Are um, on Steam, where it actually tells you your playtime right then and there. And so my level of consumption of video games, for example, hasn't gone down at all. It's probably gone up, but it's becoming focused in on fewer and fewer releases. Yeah. And I think maybe that factors into less great games that I can pick from mm-hmm. when I'm burning literally two to 400 hours on a bunch of different games.
3: Yeah, I can so. see that. I've looked at your play times on Steam a few times, and it's it's very focused on Civ Six. So yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which which may or may not be on this list, listener. I creep, uh, I creep
3: all my buddies. I make sure make sure Leland's still playing Factorio.
1: Oh 20 yeah, hours he, a week. Is. <laughs> oh, he is. I saw your six hundred hours there, Marty, on uh, Dream Daddy Dad Director's Cut. Which just came
3: out. Well, I had to get every line of dialogue, Moby. Oh, of course.
0: Can't miss
1: Is a second. Really? A they dad, came out with dad the dad director's cut. Director. That's cap. awesome. I, I haven't played it, but it's, oh, I think it's free. That's awesome. I, I think it's free, so maybe I should look it Whoa, up. Oh, hell yeah. Revisit Dream Daddy. Revisit <laughs> the Dream Daddy. That was a fun game. That was a fucking great game. Um, But let's uh, let's jump into our list. So, Leland, do you have a top 10, top 5? What do you have? Uh, I, did, I did
2: make a 10. Uh, okay. They're kind of in no particular order, Really?
3: So, Marty, you have five, you said? Oh, I could go with ten, but again, no order. Okay. Yeah, because I kind of just, I did them more as memories. Like, they were they yeah. they were they were films that stood out because I look back fondly on them. Some right. of them for different reasons, but I, I'll just, I'll drop ten down, sure. Well, let's, uh, let's maybe start, um, I, I mean, it's hard for you to rank them
1: on the spot like this, but from your least favorite of those favorites, like, I'm going to go from ten to one on my end.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: And uh, just give like a very quick like couple sentences on why I picked it, and maybe we'll go around uh, clockwise. Sure. Let's do that. And then so uh, number ten, I got a movie that I actually just saw last week. Um, I raved about it to you guys. It's a comedy called Good Boys that came out in
3: 2019. Oh, it's not Rise of Skywalker. Nope, that is not on the list. Okay.
1: Uh, Good Boys is about some. It's rated R. (laughs) I should mention that. It's about uh, some. Like grade six students uh, who have to... They want to go to a kissing party. Or one of them does. And he wants to bring along the other two. And it's just... It's so hilarious how they talk about uh, sexuality. But it's really just like romance and how pathetic middle school was. But it was exactly my experience. And I felt like my personality was very much like the main character. Even the shit he had around his room and how he talked. I was laughing so hard in that movie... That I, I had to pause it every two or three minutes because my chest hurt. And I was worried I'd, like, get my first noise complaint in my apartment building. Like, I was howling. When there's a gang of, like, scooter boys coming in on the Razor scooters. And it's, like, supposed to be Crips.
0: You
3: know?
1: <laughs> it was hilarious. Just, I, I don't yeah. know.
0: It so. was pretty good.
3: I think I'd watch it again, actually. I, See, I, I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, this looks fucking stupid. You know, it's pretty funny.
1: It's... Like, even though it has child actors, they go there. They go everywhere okay. with that. So Yeah, they cool. go hard. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, that was
3: my number 10. It's very akin to the early, like... Apatow. Apatow or, like, Seth Oh, well, yeah, I, I got that yeah. vibe from it, but... Yeah.
2: Still did not interest me whatsoever. Yeah. So see, see, I wasn't either in so theaters, stupid.
3: but then I rented it, and it was really good. They they don't give you the best jokes. That's well, the good that's thing. Good. That is good, that's yeah. Good. But but I wouldn't still, say it's my top 10 of the to decade, personally. You
2: to entice me in with your trailer. I'm
3: sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, that that's a whole nother fucking cut. thing, but sometimes they ruin comedies that way. Um, well, I i mean, again, these aren't in any order, but I'll, I'll start with uh, Inside Out. It's a Pixar movie. Um, I think it was about five, four or five years ago. I just really like it. It's one of my favorite uh, Pixar films. I like that it's not a sequel, and mm. I think that's one of Pixar's yeah. greatest weaknesses is that they make so many sequels now, and they're not always the best necessarily, um in my opinion um they're good but like they're maybe not as unique as they were in maybe the late 2000s when they were coming out with like wall-e and a lot of their standalone films were quite strong and i thought inside out was kind of a return to form for them and it was uh, definitely one of their best um yeah just probably one of my favorite animated films of the last decade for sure
2: uh my number 10 is nightcrawler oh Oh. haven't seen it this one just kind of grabbed me and it was out of nowhere, like, for the longest time, it was in my Netflix queue. And I'm like, I really should get around to watching it. Like, I like Jake. I like it all. So good. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. His character in it is just so, ugh. He makes you shudder, but, like, he's just super driven. And you kind of, like, get why he does what he does. But it still doesn't
1: really, it's still skeevy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he does, he... He's so good at slimy. On yeah, that, he's slimy.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. They, it it makes you uncomfortable to watch, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. a good performance. Well, when, I mean, just the subject matter
2: itself is—he's going around photographing, uh, you know, crime scenes or whatever before the cops get there and that stuff. So,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a great one. Um. So my number nine, what I've got is the Avengers. Um, the original Avengers from twenty twelve. I just. It it was cool. It was the movie version of like watching a bunch of Transformers form a big Transformer like they sometimes do. Um, I felt like it really worked. It had so many memorable moments. I remember like, I think Marty, it was you, not Leland, like squealing and laughing as Hulk in the beginning smashes the living fuck out of Loki. Just like smashing him in
3: Stark's uh, apartment. Just so many good memories. I doubt I squealed. But I'm sure I, I laugh manly. Maybe a manly it, it laugh. laugh. It laugh. Maybe, maybe. That,
1: I think that's what I was more going yeah. towards. Yeah. So Avengers is is on this list, um, primarily to because as, as much as me liking it, it it
3: meant a lot to movie history. I, mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think uh, my number nine. I'll go with John Wick, the first John Wick. Kind of brought back a lot of these it's kind of almost like a resurgence for action films in a way Mm -hmm. and you know now we have the the more recent john wick that just came out that we were just uh shitting on earlier um and as much as like that one kind of disappointed me in a way it was still a really good film you know it was like there's problems with it obviously but the action's awesome and there's some brutal kills in it and like we get a lot of these action films now i don't know if they're all good necessarily but uh, it's nice that we just get like violent action flicks again Yep. And that first one, I mean, uh, can't spoil a seven-year-old movie or whatever at this point. But you know, like it's uh, for someone who loves dogs, it was a, not a fun beginning of that film. And um, it's a it's a really fun movie. I think I watched it twice in like two days because I showed my wife right away the next day. I rented it. You know, when you get like a forty-eight-hour rental, yeah, you, you never usually watch yeah. it twice. Well, I did. I you watched did. it twice. That's awesome. <laughs> good pick. Good pick. Yeah, that's good. One.
2: And number nine is Django Unchained.
3: Ooh. Yes.
2: And uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that like, I'm a Tarantino fan. I think I'm leaning towards more of think, uh, believing him to be incredibly overrated. Hmm. Uh, but I just, I like Jimmy Fox. This movie is super violent and really good. All the performances are great. Like Leonardo DiCaprio was great in it.
3: I like how ridiculous it is when like, there's yeah. that shootout at the end, like yes. near the end. And, oh, like, that's so good. Like, rap music's going and it's just crazy yeah that's
1: great well i should have i could have cheated here and swapped in Nightcrawler because that that is an omission and i wish i had sh- i'd put it at the spot but i i omitted it but what i had written down which is also in a way cheating a little bit was a uh, sicario and soldado um from 2015 and 2018 and when you go well, you can't pick two movies These movies are unique in that Soldado is just... It's not a sequel. It's an alternate version of Sicario's script. So they had two scripts that they really liked. Obviously, they could only make one. When the first movie was a hit, they made the second. And you kind of have to be a big fan or not know what's going on. Because suddenly, all the characters have changed. Some of their backstories, their motivations. um, Like in the first one, Benicio Del Toro. He's a hitman whose family was killed. In the second one, in Soldado, he's like a lawyer. He was a lawyer for the cartel, so it's completely different. Mm. But it's really cool to see for the first time in like movie cinema history, like what are the differences between two versions of the same script, Yet they were both fully done. Uh, the second script was certainly darker. Emily Blunt prov- provided uh, in Sicario some moral compass in soldado there's no moral compass it's just bleak and i think that's why they were forced to change it like they just at one point slaughter a bunch of mexican cops and it's like oh we're in shit now and there's really no happiness in the mm. movie but it's bold could you imagine if we got all the
2: variations of the rise of skywalker script <laughs> do you think that Ray would be is in God. your top 10
1: all, all of them where where, where All, Ray becomes Jesus? No.
2: Yeah. Not just that one. I there was plenty of terrible scripts rewritten and <laughs> chopped up for that
1: fucking <laughs> movie. Yeah. Let let have let Ryan Johnson finish the trilogy yeah, there and we go. subvert his own expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no. Rise of Skywalker will not be on my list. Thank you for asking. Maybe number one.
3: Um, okay all right Ready? Uh, so we're, we're on number eight yes all right um you know I will go with the uh, spider-man into the spider verse was it spider verse oh. I could only see verse so I couldn't see what the first part of the word was the spider- it is spider verse yeah. yeah yeah I really like that film. Uh, It's talking about animated films. That's my other favorite animated film of the uh, 2010s. And it was one where I had minimal expectations. I had heard really good reviews, but I thought, hey, this can't be that good. I mean, it's an animated Spider-Man movie, and Marvel doesn't have the greatest history of animated movies. And yet this one was fantastic really good have you seen a movie i i have not and i'm wondering if i would like it because i think you would okay i think that most people would like it it's probably the best spider-man movie wow. yeah. Oh, yeah for sure for and sure. it's a really interesting story does a really good job it's actually really really funny um because it, it, it has all these uh kind of zany spider-man versions including nick cage oh. and uh it's it's really good um yeah definitely earns his top 10 spot
2: that's Good. good pick yeah good pick uh, my number 8 is Ma- Mad Max mm.
0: um,
2: Fury Road yeah like you guys said like it was it was an event to go see it it was just super cool it was um, long standing fan of Mad Max in general all the Mel Gibson versions uh, Master and Blaster just
1: yeah it's, it, was, it was a cool revamp for the for the franchise too yeah, not just a cash grab. Like, you could tell there was a lot of creative thinking that the original director put in. And, um, you know, he, he was doing it because he really felt like he had a good place to take the story, which really is the only reason you should make a movie. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, on to number seven. Uh, my number seven is the only Daniel Craig James Bond I truly love, which is Skyfall. A lot of people and critics liked Casino Royale. I mean, I liked I liked Casino Royale. I didn't love it, but I love Skyfall. Um, it's one of my top. I think it'd be my third favorite Bond of all time. So many classic moves. Love how. Spoiler alert, listener. Love how M dies and gets replaced. Very touching. Javier Bardem was a good bad guy. Um, fantastic action. You get to a little bit more background on Bond, like where he was born in Scotland and stuff like that. I just thought it was great.
3: Yeah, that was a good film too. Um, I actually think Casino Royale might be my favorite out of those. But I think that was 2009.
1: Yeah, uh, I think so. Casino Royale was like 2006. Because then, cause then they had um, Quantum, Quantum
3: of Solace. Right, so right, right. Yeah, I think them. you're right. I think was he, he has yeah, was been doing it for like 15 years, yeah.
1: So. I'm worried he doesn't want to fucking do it anymore. I know, right? He's looking old. I saw his poster at the, the theater oh, on the yeah.
3: weekends. All right, so we're on to uh, number seven? Was that yeah, yeah. Number yeah, seven? Okay, seven. Uh, I'll go with the uh, Babadook. Um, it, really? Yeah, I... Okay, now what? I, I'm going to preface this. This okay. movie was fucking stupid. No, no, but listen. Okay, there's a reason why people like it, and I realized why. Why? They were so fucking high when they watched it. <laughs> and if you get really, really high and watch this movie... It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> ba- Baba Duke? I Babadook. I don't think I've seen Babadook. Yeah. So it, it's so overrated. Yeah, Holy people. Shit. Yeah, you, you don't like anything that people like. Um, <laughs> I like horror movies though. Yeah.
2: And if it's a good horror, did movie, you like? I'll hered- enjoy did it. you like
3: Hereditary? Um. Was no. it? Was it also overrated? Hereditary is also overrated. See what I mean? Um. Okay. Well, Hereditary the-
2: was way too fucking long. Yeah. For an hour of the movie, an hour of the three and a half hour runtime, nothing happens.
0: Well, the Babadook... it has
2: an interesting, I guess, ending. Mm-hmm. That's fucking... That's all Hereditary is. It stands on the last literally minute and a half of it.
3: Well, I think um, about 15 minutes in, there's a horrible... Like, okay, that swerve. was the best part of the movie, yeah. obviously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it was yeah. so funny. <laughs> it was. I,
3: li- I died laughing. Um, which maybe wasn't the point. But... I digress. The Babadook is terrifying. And uh, at least for me at that particular moment on certain substances, which (laughs) shall not be named. Um, But no, I I watched that Home Alone by myself and I was not like prepared for what I was watching because it was it's kind of like a psychological horror. And when like it's pretty scary when you actually think about it, you know, like this woman basically trying to murder her child because there's like this demon and it's like controlling her. It's like a whole thing um it's it's a cool movie it's definitely got terrible special effects like i mean negligible special effects if you're watching that to actually see a monster and be scared by it then you're in the wrong film um but it kind of reminds me of the first paranormal activity like it's kind of going for those types of scares you know like you can't quite see what's there but it's there and it's scary i guess i don't know it's good work it is job i was scared top number seven la dee da
2: my number (laughs) seven is Birdman. Oh, Birdman, oh, overrated. Great. Birdman is underrated. Should have won that Oscar that should
1: have. He was bringing out the speech. It's on camera. <laughs> he was. You see him bring his speech, and then he's so sad. He's just like, Michael Keaton has to put it back oh, in. Oh, poor Keaton. I mean, I'm a huge Keaton fan. I don't know. This is like his role, right? Like this was Keaton <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's f- such a fantastic movie. It's near perfect for what it is. Ed Norton's actually not bad in it yep. as well. Um, so the supporting cast is really good. But it's like a movie that could only star Michael Keaton because of this irony of how his own life actually went and connects with the film. Right. And stuff like that. Yeah, I own it. I got to watch it again. Um, I've only seen it once, even though I own it. But yeah, I don't know why it's not on my list there. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a, you, It just lef, it left an impression on me. I mean, you, I think, believe, you,
2: you and I saw it together. Yes. And ah, just the whole way it's shot, right?
1: Like, as, as if it's this one, one single scene. movement.
2: Uh, I don't know.
1: It, le- it left an impression on me. We, that actually was the last Oscars I ever watched. And you were there, too. That's and true. And we were waiting the whole night yeah. to see him win. We were, yeah. And then he was robbed.
3: That's interesting. A lot of movies and games have copied that concept since then. The single shot.
1: Yeah, the new uh, 1917 movie supposed to do yeah. that.
3: Yeah. Um, more That War. looks cool actually.
0: Mhm. I
1: like, heard it's quite good. Yeah.
2: yeah. You know that whole that's incredibly popular across all types of media now. Mm-hmm. It's getting easier to do.
3: I think so. A lot of times it's not actually like it, they basically just make it look seamless. Yeah, sure, they, they, they a... hide it. So like he walks into a
1: shadow and you see him walk out of the shadow yeah. in perfect timing. Right. But that's actually That's a the change. cut point.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: So um this may be the most controversial I on my entire list for you guys. The Bobaduk top ten. Oh. oh. No, oh. you already like that one, so that wouldn't be controversial <laughs> with you. I love Cloud Atlas from two thousand. I knew this was gonna be on your fucking list. I, I love it. Knew it, it was it gonna be on your list. Fan- Tasking. I still
2: have not seen that fucking movie. I, will I never see that okay, movie. Okay, why won't you see it though? Because I refuse. It's the same it's it's about <laughs> Okay, principle. but that's not a reason. <laughs> it's Leland. about principle, okay? Principle of what? This fucking dumbass movie with all these dumbass fucking people Leland, in it Leland, with these dumbass fucking makeup <laughs> effects. A stupid concept. The name's dumb.
1: You sound like an 86-year-old man not wanting to see this. Newfangled thing because
2: the kids like it. Well, it is no longer newfangled, so the time has passed (laughs) since I would possibly have enjoyed it. And I understand the irrationality of the words that are coming out of my mouth. I always understand the irrationality of the words that come out of my mouth. I will never see that movie, and nor will I ever see Avatar. Two movies. Okay, that's fine because I don't care about Avatar.
1: I, but I do think you'd like Cloud House. It's Wachowski's. I mean, I don't know what gender they were at the time this was made, but. They were Wachowskis.
0: Okay, I mean it yeah, was that's... a good
1: Wachowski before they had the uh, whatever his face is um, that oh I I forget his name before he turned into the Dog Man in that in their next movie they uh, I well, I can't remember the actor's name for some reason but because you got me emotional here because <laughs> I remember Cloud Atlas was like the first movie I tried to pressure you to see and the first movie where I learned how bad of an idea that is.
2: Well, if I recall, <laughs> we were one of the two occasions we were at the beach house, and you tried to put it on. I, I did. Okay, okay, I think I we watched
3: an hour of it. Yeah,
2: I mean, you guys did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I must have been some type of drunk yeah, by like, then, and you know. not about to sit down and watch Cloud Atlas. It wasn't the first time we went to I the I don't B even shows. know what the movie is of.
1: <laughs> I know, you just hate it. it is, this Isn't movie it, needs to be it has Tom framed. Hanks in it, right?
2: Ah, uh, yes it okay, does. Okay, there, I know exactly all I need to know. That you hate Tom Hanks? I did not say that. You put putting words in my mouth.
1: You're putting this whole movie in your mouth. <laughs> As like, Spit it out, sir. It. You don't know I what it's about? Spit it out. And you hate it? No, sir, I challenge you to a duo.
2: <laughs> it's about Tom Hanks being a bunch of different characters in the same movie like five different times.
1: Okay, all the characters play a bunch of different characters. All right, even and, worse. And it's to show how things intertwine over generations. And it makes a lot of sense. Marty, have you seen it?
3: Uh, only the little bit we watched at the beach house. Oh damn! So I was right. This is. I funny. just know there's a bunch of like timelines and that they speak weird languages and that yeah. it was not great. At least the beginning, I wasn't into it. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought the movie flopped. It did. It did
2: flop. Boom.
1: Okay. That's me. <laughs> that's me. So, so now that's how you
2: determine what is a good movie. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, that, that's a very good point. Yeah, cat, not... Cats flopped, and I'm
1: it's the not... best film in hell. <laughs> that's right. It's <laughs> number one in hell. There's a matinee immoral. moral. Followed up by five more showings. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, so uh, Marty, we'll move on. What's your, what's your six?
3: Okay, I'm trying to figure out because there's uh... – I think I have seven for the next six. I gotta okay, cut I gotta, okay, I gotta cut okay. one. Um you don't have... No, I'm gonna cut one. Okay. I don't know which one yet. Uh let's go with Wolf of Wall Street. Number six. Ooh,
2: okay. Yeah. I was wondering if think. this would show up on some of your guys' lists.
3: Yeah, I like it. It's a good film. I've seen it a couple times. Uh it's super long. Yeah. I mean if I have one nitpick with the movie is it's definitely it's Scorsese, right? Scorsese. Yeah, it's very Scorsese-y. scorsese course, like, as Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Right, right, of course, yeah. And uh, it introduced the world to Margot Robbie, so God bless this film. Oh my goodness, was she hot in that movie. Yeah. Without her, yeah. we would have never got... Without that, we would have never got Suicide Squad.
1: <laughs> birds of Prey. Or the upcoming we'll Birds keep, of Prey. Yeah. We'll still keep hope. Yeah, it's a, that's a good pick. It's kind of tainted that movie in my mind because I actually saw Jordan Belfour speak, and he was a total asshole and not entertaining and like showed up half an hour late and didn't even speak about what he was supposed to speak about like like literally everyone walked out on him it was like a constant stream of people and wow. i had to go all the way to downtown vancouver cuz my boss sent me and i was happy to go i was ecstatic to go until I actually went and saw how much of a waste of time it was so brutal but not a bad pick
2: all right number 6 is logan
1: Yes, That uh, was going to pop
2: up somewhere, and it yes. was, again, I didn't have this list. I am just ordering it now, but I think it did an alright job. Yeah, it's I don't know how. How do you not like Logan? It's it was the it was literally the end of Hugh Jackman's era as this character. Like, and- yeah, we can just
3: pretend that the X Men films ended there. <laughs> that was it.
1: Well, it was. I believe you guys can correct me if I'm, my, I'm wrong. I, I believe it was revolutionary in that it was the the first of these modern. Uh, superhero films to be r-rated A- am i right uh, I deadpool
2: or... was first I, th- okay. I believe so yeah yeah okay followed very quickly by logan though. yeah it's not like logan was i don't believe it was logan was incepted as r-rated because
3: of deadpool's success was there... i think they definitely got the okay to probably keep it i right, would imagine okay. yeah
1: but i mean i remember i think it was marty saying like on the way to the theater it's like you kind of had to make wolverine this like he's a guy with adamantium skeleton and claws yeah. like it's artificial to not make him rated right. r it's mm-hmm. ridiculous to not have him cutting people to ribbons exactly
0: like, literal ribbons
1: and we did get to see his beast mode at the end which was so yeah, awesome That was
0: cool
3: yeah um, there is some awesome stuff in that film
0: yeah and awesome performances
3: choo-choo. too it's just a really good film not just a good superhero film it's a good film right
1: actually patrick stewart really brought it too and a very like a role that was all emotion by that point yeah holy shit was it sad when he died oh my god (laughs) that was the saddest fucking thing ever that was great. Um, well, I mean, we're going to go to Marty pretty quick here because Logan was my number five. Oh, very nice. So we just talked about it.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, mine aren't in really in an order anyway. So, yeah, Logan was also my number five then, I well, guess. Well,
1: my
2: number five
1: is The Dark Knight.
2: Right? Is that what it's called? I th- <laughs> the second no, number? No, it's, it's
1: right. But I thought The Dark Knight was 2009. It is. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Huh. So that's why I wasn't on my list. Yeah, otherwise I would have been on mine as well. Oh well, that's Wah. Nice. Wah. the Dark Knight Rises, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, just subbing Cloud Atlas. What a, what a lovely people! No, I sub in.
2: What? Okay, okay, fine. I'll, you know, just because it's a Batman movie, I'll sub in my other Batman sub. Is Batman Ninja. <laughs> this movie is so <laughs> that, fucking Oh, funny. I, I saw that. That yeah. movie is amazing. It's it it the good. most Japanese movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Just when you think it can't get any more Japanese, it gets more <laughs> Japanese. <It> does, I, <laughs> Batman it doesn't make Ninja. It. Batman Ninja is just, you know, a, a clear animated style, uh, 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 animated version of ba- of a Batman story. And,
0: yeah.
2: Um, Gorilla Grodd is creating, the, creates this time machine for some reason and they get sent back into feudal Japan. And mm, of course, you know uh, Joker, I- Two Face, and Ivy, and uh, I think there is one more. All rural sects of Japan, they're all feuding over to try. Yeah, to they're take like feudal
3: lords over parts of yeah. Japan. That
2: is so cool, and they're and like weird. and they're like kickstarting the industrial revolution and stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> of course, like trying to take over the world. And at one point, oh, I don't even know if I want to spoil it for anybody. But at one point, there is a literal mech made of monkeys. <laughs> Fighting another mech in the shape of Batman.
3: Well, this. <laughs> yeah, okay. wow. Well, like, doesn't Joker make a Megazord out of like? All... They all
2: have Megazords.
3: <laughs> yeah, but doesn't doesn't Joker like bring them all together in oh, one yeah, giant he does. thing? Yeah, he could, like, it, controls them. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and it does. It does actually. Make and then the yeah, Megazord, and, then he, and then he makes a mech of monkeys. Yeah, and yeah. Then a, a Batman shape like a like an old school like 30s Batman shape monkey bot. But yeah. no mechanics involved. It was just it's just it's just, mon- it's all just a, a ton bunch of monkeys, monkeys yeah. forming
0: into a ball. <laughs> <That> <laughs> because,
3: is...
2: because Robin made friends with one of them. Yeah, and Gorilla Gods had God's help. Oh my God! There's like that all, all the sad.
3: fucking Robins are in it too. It's like all the
2: Robins. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. Robin, yeah. Red Robin, um, Red Hood, regular Rob. They're all fucking there. Yeah, Everyone got that yeah. Catwoman's there. Red
1: Robin. Well, at least they'll get their Yeah, great. you get your open wide burger too, Moby.
0: There
1: you go. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, um my number four is um actually my other on the list that was a twenty nineteen release. Uh The Irishman, maybe one of the last gangster movies with the original crew. Um saw it about a month ago. It was fantastic. I loved it. I loved all the performances. I was trying to think like what traditional drama slash action movie would
3: I take out of the decade
1: and it, it was the Irishman.
3: It, I saw that on Netflix. I know it's gotten some, you know, very, very good reviews. Um, it's like three and a half hours long, or is it longer? Yeah, it's it's, it's, really, it's really long. long. Um, um, I know I've been thinking about it, but I just haven't. I just don't know if I want to like break it up into parts or what, because that's a long, that's a long. You haul. can.
1: I probably watched it in three portions, yeah. like an hour at a time. I didn't notice any problems with it. Um, its closest film is Goodfellas. I still don't know if you've seen that. If you have and you like Goodfellas, then. Irishman's an automatic. Mm. Uh, He basically, Scorsese made it in a very similar style. Okay. Um, But all those classic Godfather kind of has that feeling. I mean, Joe Pesci came out of retirement to do it.
3: He's awesome. It's great. Oh, it was either this or Home Alone 3, so... (laughs) I think they uh, already made a Home Alone. 3. Yeah, I think Home Alone six now. Yeah,
2: I think they've rebooted with two different kids by now. Oh yeah. Are they, are, are they not making a, another
1: a rebooted Home Alone? I thought I saw
3: that. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah,
1: it'd be great if they could bring Macaulay Culkin back.
3: I know it's he's maybe he's as the, the dad. Guy. Oh my yeah, God. As the, the dad would be great. What if he's the robber? Like that's oh, I, that's more oh, realistically that's, the trajectory. That, that, yeah, <laughs>
2: that's amazing. That would that's be a so good. beautiful idea. Boom. He's, yeah, million dollar idea. So affected by the sticky bandits. Yeah couldn't help but become a criminal and, and Culkin would be great at that yeah, like yeah. as a actor
1: because he's so weird
2: yeah that'd so. be awesome but then they turn into a horror movie and it's not a slap comedy and the kid McCulkin hunts the kid the oh
1: house. wow <laughs> kills McCul- Chewbacca McCul- <laughs> 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 we need some gravitas just bring Chewie and kill him and he stays dead <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> what okay, number are Marty.
3: we on? <laughs> four uh, is it four, four. All right, four. Uh, I'll go with uh, I'll go Joker, um, 2019 film. We've Whoa, talked about it. Cole, fantastic. You know, Leland's not as big of a fan as I am, but um, great choice. I really liked it, and I mean, it's not the best film in the it's world. Not fucking top ten. I think it is for me. Boo. No, that's fine. Let the man speak. Oh, he can let me have an opinion. It was my favorite <laughs> film of the year. So, therefore, one film a year, tw- Ten years. What kind Phoenix money? money uh, i thought it was a great film i i like how people argue over it i you know it's like it's good it's good that we go to a film and that people leave it with different opinions some people hate it some people think it's overrated some people love it way too much probably it c- creates opinions and i think a lot of films don't do that nowadays well and you've started memeing
1: to our friendship too there's several times now i've spoken to you on something and you're like all i have are hungry thoughts or whatever <laughs> you just do that <laughs> Yeah,
3: I'm All I course.
2: have are <laughs>
1: deadlift thoughts. You know, I'm sure it'll build over time.
3: Yeah, It's kind of fallen away last month or so, but yeah, I'll bring it back. All right.
2: You know what? If they had cut out 25 minutes of dancing in that movie, it, it probably would have been in my top 10.
3: <laughs> if they cut out 25 minutes of dancing, it would have been number one. <laughs> no, that actually is probably the, the... That's the thing we talked about immediately when we got out. I know, like, there's still a, a lot of dancing little, in that movie. You
2: know, when we talked about it in that one episode... I didn't bring up the excessive dancing. I can't believe I forgot to bring up
3: the dancing. There's, there's so much dancing. Why does
1: he dance so They're much? They were warming up for cats. Oh.
3: <laughs> I I wish we had been able to record us talking right as we got out of the theater. Cause yeah. We had a pretty good discussion for about half an hour about it. Yeah. And, like, we really went off on, like, the dancing and everything. And, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, but yeah, you're totally right. It does. It it did make people like have conversations about something.
3: Mm-hmm. You're right, though. It's no Batman it, ninja. Truly,
2: it's no Batman ninja, no, and, and and that does not happen that often. But my number Thor, uh, my number Thor is for Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Great choice. But, yeah. Um, I mean, we I, all loved it. Absolutely. It, I've watched we... it several times since and have enjoyed every. I was going to ask that. So it holds up on
1: repeated viewings is hilarious I think so. so. I think so. Maybe, you know, space them out enough. You know, I'm starting to respect Taika Wait- Ytt more and more. Um, not only did, you know, he-, he direct that, but he plays a character in that. Also in the, you know, Avengers Endgame. Um his directing job and character in The Mandalorian because he plays IG 11. He also yeah. directs the final episode, which most people think is like the best episode. Like that guy's money. That's interesting. And uh, I love his improvisation because it just feels natural. Yeah. Like just yeah. really natural, quirky, good dialogue, however he does it. So that's a good pick.
3: Well, apparently he directed some of the original, uh, well, like the play of the Concords on hbo oh, yeah. he directed oh. some of those oh that's so that awesome. kind of fits in totally yeah, with his sense of humor yeah stick that would that's good um yeah that, i agree with that one for sure
1: um my third is gonna come at you guys from way out at left field and i don't expect there to be any discussion on it um but as you guys know i'm huge into documentaries on my own time so i want i was thinking well what's my favorite documentary of this decade and it's probably my favorite documentary of all time. Uh, it's a sports documentary by ESPN called From Elway to Marino. It was basically about the 1983 NFL draft. There was a football player you probably at least heard of called John Elway. He was a quarterback. He was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. But he, he said right off the bat he wasn't ever going to play for them. But he was such a highly touted prospect that literally every other team wanted to try to trade for him in that draft. So the story is about what the other teams were offering, how close they came, uh, what they did when they failed. And basically this draft was so big that it built the NFL for the next 10 years. If you're someone who's, and you guys aren't, but if you're someone who's into kind of the background of sports and draft days and trading and stuff like that, There's nothing better. Like if you like that movie with Kevin Costner called Draft Day, this is basically the real thing. I probably watch the documentary twice a year because there's so much detail and nuance. Hmm. But yeah, I I had to add that to the list. So, I mean, you're—I actually have a couple copies of it because I got drunk and bought an additional copy once, which (laughs) is quite common. So you're welcome to borrow it at some point.
3: Marty. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'll probably go with uh, my number, we're on number four, number four, three, three, three now. Okay, well, I'll go with uh, Drive. Mm, excellent pick. Yeah, um, probably on Moby's list. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I really like Drive. I think I like the slow burn of the film. I like that it really ramps up the violence near the end to the point where you're almost not expecting anything like that at all. I like that if you show people the film, it's kind of horrifying for a lot of people. Yeah, um, it's almost too much. Like the elevator scene is just just almost like gut wrenching. Just trying to think about that level of violence. Um, Ryan Gosling's great in it. Um, Moby has a jacket now, so that's great. You know, that. I have two.
1: I've got a black one and I got the white one. Yeah, so and he goes full violent to the minute halfway through that film. By the way, really? I don't know why they did it that way. That's cool. It might even be to the second, but I know wow. it's for
3: sure the minute. Like right at that. That's the elevator scene. That's the elevator scene scene when it just turns. When it just turns and the movie completely
1: changes because that's what I love about it. It starts off as kind of like this calm drama. He's getting close to a family. You're like, oh, you know, he's a nice guy. There couldn't be much violence in him. He just drives cars. He's he's a good, quiet guy. He's
3: a good Joe. Yeah. And and then then they just, they get to him and he's like, all right, you want this part of me? (laughs) You're getting it. It's like, okay. I love the ending too. I just I really like it. Yeah, but they
2: ruin its legacy with the sequel baby driver
3: yeah they it, it did ruin that um, like, I, I choose to forget baby driver a kick in the face is, yeah
1: is baby driver a spiritual sequel or a literal so no, it just literally has, shares the word
2: drive in the titles and the main character likes oh. to drive baby driver is the dumbest fucking movie i've ever seen oh i
1: like baby it's driver. so
2: fucking bad Talk about worst films of the last decade. You two have a little uh, conflict when it comes
1: to certain choices. <laughs> yeah, I like Baby Driver. Baby,
2: uh, Baby Driver was not good. And snow cloud. Some the, when I watch it, some yeah, snow cloud. Some <laughs> of the dialogue that I watched when it, at the time I watched it was after with Kevin Spacey in it. Some of the dialogue does not age well. <laughs> with it, <you> know, <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. Right? I watched that too. <laughs> <laughs> and, Yeesh. Okay, yeah. my number three <laughs> is. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Uh, and of course, it was going to show up in this list. Now, I'm well aware that a lot of my picks are not technically or critically the best films, but of course, I went with movies that make me feel something. And every time I see Captain America on screen, I feel something. It's like, I mean, many of these are superhero films. And I think it was Scorsese himself that equated the Marvel films to amusement parts. Uh, amusement parks, very recently, rather than actual quality cinema or cinematic experiences. Uh, whether or not I disagree or agree with that, I don't know, but I just know that when I saw the Winter Soldier, like when I saw the trailer for the Winter Soldier, it got me fucking hyped. And I'm, I'm telling ya, I don't remember being as hyped for any other Marvel movie
1: or for any Marvel movie since that
2: movie. No, mm-hmm. I,
1: I'd actually back you up on this one. Um, I think it was one of the most intelligent, well-made Marvel movies. I think it actually shoves down the throat Scorsese's own words. I think that, I wonder if he's actually seen that movie because if he has, um, it's so well done. How can he say this is just amusement park crap? Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's that's a great pick, honestly. That was yeah. really, really well
3: done. It's arguably the best Marvel film.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. agreed yeah i mean what what would we criticize about it um it had to end <laughs> <laughs> like, like well i
2: mean so, some of the finer plot details are a, a little weirdish with uh oh, oh the, the very end with uh, the the one scientist becoming a computer yeah that's kind of that's like very comic booky yeah <laughs> which yeah. kind of is very juxtaposed for to the first part of the film uh, which is spy
3: drama, know, yeah, very yeah. like root, much more rooted. Totally, it's probably the most rooted and realist, like most realistic of the Marvel films. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, and mm-hmm. just
2: man, that elevator fight seems so
3: awesome. It's cool. Elevator yeah. scenes
2: are always good. Yeah, you gotta get elevator scenes, except for that movie that took place entirely in an elevator with the <laughs> devil
3: oh yeah the one exception to the rule yeah, you put that in my, put that in my number 11 <laughs> that's a good one too um,
2: <laughs> that one was called the elevator right
3: I think it was just called the elevator wasn't it
2: I <laughs> don't I don't think it was Eleva- called elevator. elevator would be the
3: best I term. think that was a like a um, M. Night Shyamalan like I think you're like right. sponsored yeah, yeah, film yeah, yeah. it wasn't quite sponsored, his own
2: yeah <laughs> I think that's what they call
1: producing
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's not my segment
1: movie, movie musings <laughs> is movies <laughs> Um, number two. My num my number two is Drive. Ah, I knew so it. So I'll go right past it, which automatically by default, you guys know what my number one will yes.
3: be. So we'll speed yep. around there. So love Drive. Another thing I really liked about Drive, probably my favorite thing about Drive, is the soundtrack. Oh yeah, I
1: really like the soundtrack. Um, so for me, the soundtrack is so meaningful. Not that I listened; I haven't listened to that particular soundtrack maybe a year, year and a half. But that really kickstarted Synthwave, which is huge now, and the tendrils of synth wave go so far so like the recent wonder woman 84 trailer with that kick-ass remix of uh, blue monday
2: yeah which um, is now
3: in a fucking commercial for something else well what, yeah. what was that but for? but it, it's not the same remix but you're right no it, it was the same remix. it was a,
2: it sounded very similar it was the commercial i don't know what the commercial was for i think there was a bunch of cows at an airport
3: yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: they were it like, was like west jet they yeah. like, don't be treated like cow. yeah
1: um Yikes. but again all all of this kind of uh 80s music synth stuff which there's a ton of content like this is this is how i power through my work as i put on headphones and listen to synth wave all day long mm. and i wouldn't have that without drive
3: uh, it's your mm. factorio. thanks drive
1: thanks drive take care <laughs> <laughs> drive, take care, drive. <laughs> <Buh-bye>. bye-bye <laughs> um yeah so marty that's that's my number two
3: all right so i have or to fit into two so i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna pick the two my two favorites and maybe i'll just they keep growing
0: i, I don't yeah, know what the fuck's going
3: on over there <laughs> yeah it's, it's, i some of them only have like a sentence so i didn't really uh they, I, i'm skipped them M- marty you have batman ninja on there four times <laughs> okay it was really good um <laughs> monkeys <laughs> uh number two will be guardians of the galaxy number mm. one um probably my favorite marvel film i think i chose it as my favorite marvel film when we did it when we ranked them i think so um i could watch that movie any day i just it's it's probably my favorite turn on and just watch film um i saw it in theaters with my wife i think the first time or i think I might have saw it with you guys i don't know but i know i i went twice and i very rarely go to see a movie twice in theaters at least in this recent decade um i've probably seen it at least like six times definitely my favorite overall um, just Marvel film. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just love it. I love the performances. It's hilarious. Um, the second one does not hold up, no. hold a fucking candle to it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I really hope the third one could be good again. But the first one, you know, it was so good that Suicide Squad tried so hard to be it. Yeah. And uh, I'll talk more about that film later, maybe. Um, But number two, definitely Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: My number two is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. Yep. When I... <sighs> Above all else, Spider-Man on film is what hits me in the feels. I mean, ever, I just I am such a big fan of the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire. I think he, I think he was a very underrated Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. And while he wasn't particularly excellent at both roles, and I, a lot, of, a lot of it had to do with, of course, Sam Raimi's um, directorial direction. I don't know. Just Spider-Man has always been like one of my favorite comic book characters and this movie nails all of that. All of those feels from from like six different Spider-Man, too. It's just I don't know. It just it was such a well-done film. So good.
1: I know you loved it. Yeah. And I remember you raving about it at the time. And yeah, maybe it's something I got to see. I mean, I trust what you guys say and unlike you Leland, when someone says you might like this, I go, okay, maybe I should watch it. Yeah, but when I tell you that you might like something, like it's, a, it's a,
2: an actual good something. <laughs> oh, come on. I man. will
3: say that you've never steered me wrong in <laughs> most in most things you like, I like.
2: Yeah. I've never Doesn't go bag-headed you no, into the movie
0: before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> At least not with horror movies, apparently. No, that's, that's a good pick.
1: All right. It's
0: number uh, one, my number roll. one,
1: Blade Runner 2049. Uh, literally my second favorite movie next to Top Gun, which probably will never be touched due to nostalgic value. This by default makes it my favorite movie I've ever seen since I was a teenager through adulthood. I mean, it's almost impossible for me to criticize it because I'm such a big movie guy. And if I'm putting it on this platform, there's almost nothing to do. I'm so proud that Denis Villeneuve, a fellow Canadian, uh, directed it. I am heartbroken that it didn't make a lot of money because I think that that maybe makes people think it wasn't a good film. But you did have to see the first Blade Runner. It was a cult movie. Blade Runner is a big cult movie, but it's still cult. But where this gives me hope is that it did give Villeneuve the opportunity to take on Dune, which is a much bigger property. And maybe finally we'll get a new good Dune movie finally. Yeah, that's cool. So...
2: Well, listen, if you want to hear Marty and I rip apart Blade Runner 24-9, you can check out a bonus Blade Runner twenty forty nine.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At
2: ttpodcast.com.
3: Marty? Yeah, you know, that movie suffered from me being tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. I haven't seen it since, though. I'm sure. Really no, neither
2: has. have I. I yeah. do want to revisit
3: it. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. But then, I, you know, you, you do mention, like, you kind of have to see the first one. And, like, I've been thinking about sitting down with my wife to watch the second one, and I'm just like, no, oh, do I have to? subjected to the original horrific film or what or subject yourself to having to explain a bunch of things as <laughs> exactly the yeah
1: <laughs> they're human but not it's so easy <laughs> more human than human
2: you know what that's a funny thing that everybody that isn't i would I, i'm just f- for lack of a better term like a fan of that franchise always equates replicants to robots Right. Mm, I think yeah. I even did it a number of times in the bonus episode. I think we corrected it, but yeah, replicants are not like no, cyborgs. No. They're not robots. They are they're just flesh and bone.
1: They're flesh and bone. Yeah, they're just yeah. manufactured flesh exactly, and bone. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So. Forget that a lot.
3: But they're stronger than regular people. They can be programmed to be stronger. Most of them are. Oh, okay, but, so they like... But rep- they have like they- sex
1: versions of them that if they were as strong as like the Bautista replicant, they'd destroy the person they were with.
3: Oh, I see. So they have to tone that down. So they down. grow them for a specific use. They do, yes. Yeah, okay. There's like warrior ones, there's medics, they're, they, uh, they have all sorts okay. of uses. That's kind of cool. I don't think I really clued in on that very well either. Or at least if I did, I wasn't like... like I was aware of it, but not like aware of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
1: it, it's not like... Which is one of the good things about the movie. It doesn't like force feed you exposition, Rise of Skywalker style. So like, for example, in the first scene where where is it how do i forget the main character's k. name k k where he's talking to how dave bautista's character it's you know he mentions that he was a programmed to be like a medic like a battlefield medic and he has a certain serial number mm. and they just kind of go on beyond that so. i know
3: why leland didn't like it it was purely because of jared leto
1: yeah
2: yeah what a dumb why what God, I'm not well, getting, I'm it. not getting <laughs> on this again. Okay. What is your number one? Marty? Okay, money, what's your number one?
3: It's uh Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, oh there you and, go. And uh I will give you my one that didn't make the list, <laughs> uh which is Edge of Tomorrow. I really liked Edge oh, of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a cool, Dark Horse. Yeah. also I when I watched Edge of Tomorrow, I had eaten an XL pizza. So and, you like, were moving. And like six donuts. So like I was just like in heaven. Like it was like gluttony and like Emily Blunt. Oh, yeah. And, like, it was just everything. Everything a man could (laughs) need.
2: (laughs) I need Emily Blunt. That's all you need. That's why you went to hell. (laughs) Oh. Well, my number one, just squeaking into the decade, unlike The Dark Knight. Fucking Nolan can't release his goddamn movie. (laughs) I get it right. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh. Wait, that was this decade? 2010, yeah.
3: Oh, shit. That changes everything. I
2: fucking loved this movie when it came out. I have seen it at least a dozen times. Wow! Oh my god, I fell
3: in love with this movie. It was so fucking good. That would have been my top five if I had. Yeah. yeah. Oh
2: man. Yeah. If not,
3: I mean, probably number two. Honestly, it was, in,
2: it was like at the the probably a little on the down trend of Michael Sarah's popularity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, what's her face, Haley something something? Mm.
1: Uh, are you talking about the the super hot one we yeah, all like? Yeah, yeah. Who was also in the
3: thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, she got
2: three names. I always forget all that. I know um, she have three names.
3: Something, Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Winstead.
0: Elizabeth Winstead. That's wow. it. Wow. Yeah.
2: Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Great in that movie. Um, the actress that plays Knives is really good in that movie, too. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey Plaza has a, a minor role in that movie. Um, oh, man. that is so good. I love that movie so much.
3: One of the Culkin brothers
2: is in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, same with Brandon Rouse. Yeah, Superman. Yeah, he and punched pr- the highlights out of her hair.
0: Chris, Ep- Chris
2: Evans is in Chris it. Chris Evans
0: is in yeah. it.
2: And at the time, it was like, wow, this is Captain America. This has Superman in it. This movie
3: has <laughs> everybody in it. <laughs> the first sound you're gonna hear is me hanging up.
2: <laughs> yeah, whatever. The yeah. Second, second is the click of my hammer. Or yeah, something. something
3: like that.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, 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 so good. A good He's a pretty yeah, good skateboarder so good. and a pretty good actor. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right, listener. Well, there's our uh, our top tens. You know, <laughs> that took a long fucking. We we that's a long time to get through that segment. I, I think uh, the other two, or at least Crazy About Cardboard, will be a little shorter. Wake up, listener. Um, but uh, Marty, do you have something to say about negative movie experiences? You just want to drop a couple in?
3: Yo, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Please, I have so many. Well, I'll go quicker. It won't be like 10, but sure. uh, there's I, I actually have three, and I, there's obviously more. Um, I know Leland's going to spend 45 minutes on the Babadook, so we'll, we'll let <laughs> well, him. <now>. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah
3: hit, hit us with all three at once. <laughs> all right, uh, first one, La La Land, um, mm. Ryan Gosling, and oh Emma Stone. One of the Emmas, the, the red-headed one. I saw it in theaters with, with my wife for uh, New Year's, I think, a couple of years back. And, God, it was boring. Oh, no good, eh? yeah. Like... That's on, like, well,
2: every top ten list. You know,
3: okay, like. so the problem with this film is it just sucks off Hollywood. It's just... It was clearly made for Hollywood clickbaity, fucking get us on the Oscars, gonna sing about Hollywood, it's gonna be about the old golden age of Hollywood, and it's all these songs that... A couple of them are good, legitimately, and it's not like the performances are bad, but the film is boring it meanders it's a musical it doesn't do a great job of telling a story outside of the songs in my opinion it was i I guess i was expecting a more dramatic just interesting film and it was purely way more of a musical and my wife and i both left it bored we were both like this was not great why did we sit through this why is this on top like our legitimate response was, why is this on top 10 lists why do people Mm -hmm. like this So we did not enjoy it. Um, The other one I have is Death Note. Um, It is a uh,
0: a, a Netflix (laughs) film.
3: uh, Remake of the uh, anime. It's horrible. Everything's bad. Everything is wrong about this movie. So, okay, the the casting is terrible. Like the the guy who plays Light is terrible. The girl who plays the female lead is just – she's a good actress and other stuff, but she's terrible in this. They changed her character in a horrible way the guy who plays the main uh like antagonist to light he's like the police detective i think his name is like i can't remember what the i thought name. it
2: was l i thought he was l. l
3: yeah yeah l is like the uh is that the guy trying to catch him yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah so it's l um the it's just like watching someone like role play like a, like a character like i thought he was just like i didn't see see him as like really like i thought he tried his hardest but it was just not not good none of the acting was good none of the characters were good actually that's not true there's one really cool thing about the film and it's William Defoe and yes. he is really interesting as um the uh, shinigami the uh like god of death or whatever it is he's really cool i thought the makeup for him was pretty neat but other than that the wasn't film was in t- it for very much though no not much yeah. no he just got his paycheck and bounced A it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it- his part was great um other than that it really plays like um kind of like a, fa- a really shitty final destination film honestly mm. yeah like it does. you know oh, it's yeah. it's actually really fucking stupid and the,
2: the, the lead is like a carbon copy of uh, the expected lead of a final destination movie too yeah totally like, <laughs> totally goes that vibe but you know honestly though like the original death Note. By the end of that, like, it kind of petered out, too.
3: Oh, yeah. It should have just ended with that. Yeah. Like, that whole first, like, season, I guess, is, yeah. is good. And then after that, it's like, yeah. It
2: kind of goes down here pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
3: And I'm not a big fanboy of Death Note by any stretch of the imagination. I liked it, but this is just not a good representation yeah, of anything. I think
2: I watched it once 15 years ago. Yeah, sounds
3: about right. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, and then my last final pick for worst film of the decade, or worst experience, at least, was uh, Suicide Squad. Fuck, I hate Suicide Squad. That is like that was probably the the only time I think I've left theaters. Like usually I'll leave a film and I can be like, okay, there's stuff I liked about it. I mean, yeah, okay, Will Smith's good in it, you know, whatever. Overall, that film is horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. The the acting is bad. The writing is abysmal. Yeah. The special effects are awful. Like the writing is so abysmal, I'm gonna say it again. The writing is so so bad. Like the dialogue is terrible. <laughs> what is even going on in that film?
1: What what were they thinking?
3: They they, they I don't know. It was a
1: nightmare of editing. I mean, Jared Leto. Most people are probably happy because they hated his Joker, but he's barely in it. When he's in, it, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, and it's just it was an absolute
3: mess. He, I think they reshot and recut a bunch of it too. And it I just tells. I really think they tried to make it funnier afterwards, so you can tell. Like they tried to change the tones at some point, but <sighs> but it not the jokes. If they land at all, it's rare. The they basically like the humor they try to go with is just kind of focusing on harley quinn's ass like that's the humor <laughs> it's like oh she's hot well okay we fucking get it of course she is but we like eyes yeah like you could just show it to us you could show it to us and we'll be happy but you don't have to like make jokes about every guy falling on his face and then yeah the worst representation of the joker ever ever like maybe like just sours your fucking you know you don't even want to think about the joker after that especially because we've had s- Like, it's bookmarked by good representations of the Joker. That's a good point. You've got, like, Mark Hamill in, like, the Arkham games recently. You've got uh, Heath Ledger before that. And then, yeah, then you have this sandwich in the middle, like, a shitty fucking filling. It's just a terrible, terrible movie. Okay, Leland.
0: (laughs) Any bad experiences on this two-hour segment?
3: Yeah, Suicide Squad
2: sucked. The worst movie we watched, though, was Mandy.
3: Yes. Oh my oh, yeah. god, so I forgot.
1: <laughs>
2: movie, so why do people
1: like
3: it? I
2: don't Did know. Did people
1: like
3: it? I Yeah, your no, your uh, Brosef uh, Stuckman likes it, I think. Oh, it's Chris.
1: Chris.
3: That movie was um, so
1: disappointingly garbage. It had one good scene, which was Cage in the bathroom yeah. with the vodka. Yeah, and that exactly. was the only and it's not a redeeming quality for the film, no. but that was the only part that was even palatable. The rest of it I as I almost, I almost, I feel st- I
2: literally feel stupid admitting that the rest of the movie I couldn't follow because the <laughs> rest of the movie is so fucking simply s- ret- uh, it's so dumb it is it's so dumb like I feel like I lost brain cells trying to figure out what's going on. Also, it's disappointing. That's, That's the thing it is. too. Yeah, it's like it's disappointing. so
3: disappointing. It's not just bad. It's disappointing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal.
1: Um. You know, I think the the only film for me that was the bet that was really disappointing of this past decade, because I'm easily entertained, and I'll admit that, was uh, Spectre, uh, James Bond falling up on Skyfall, because Skyfall had raised my expectations back up of where they were going with Daniel Craig's Bond, and then Spectre was just a meh mess, and I mean, I love Christoph Waltz, but I don't think he was great as Blofeld. He was just barely passable. So that one just is the definition of disappointing. The only other thing I'd add is how politicized the Oscars became and then like how politically correct they came at the same time with like the sanitized jokes and stuff in it. Um, I mean, that's a big takeaway. I used to watch every Oscars. I watched every Oscars of the 2000s and I haven't seen like the last four Oscars. Um, I just hate where they went with it. So that's not necessarily a movie itself. That's part of my movie experience that's become tainted
3: this decade. Yeah. Didn't they remove Kevin Hart a couple of years ago? Yeah. Because yeah. he made a homophobic joke a decade and a half ago. Or and probably. now
1: there's actually a Netflix documentary on his process going through with that. Yeah.
3: And so I haven't seen
1: it yet, but yeah, it could okay. be interesting.
3: Yeah. But, um, In the recent Dave Chappelle, like uh, on Netflix, the comedy hour, um, he's making fun of him pretty hard because like he, you know, he stands his ground at first, but then he... Like, as soon as afterwards, he caves and goes on a fucking apology tour. So, yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah, disappointing, but that's all I got. So,
1: okay, um,
2: let's Let's move move on, on, please.
0: Let's
1: (laughs) move on to crazy
2: about cardboard. I feel like I haven't said that in a year and a half. Yeah, it's been a while. 40 episodes. Well, as we kind of hinted at in the, the very opening of the show, the very long, prolonged, protracted opening of the show. That <laughs> this, yes. this past decade, of course, for, for the three of us, have, have skyrocketed us into the the, the board game hobby. The tabletop board game hobby. Right. Yeah, mostly myself, of course. I kind of dove headfirst in. But I feel like like this hobby has always been on the periphery of our, of our friendship. I mean, between Moby and I playing Magic the Gathering. And, you know, we were playing Settlers of the Cat- Catan in the early 2000s. Heroescape in the late two thousands.
3: Yeah, I guess that was late two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it
2: was just kind of a mm-hmm. matter of like an inevitability of, of one of us taking us this one step to the right and kind of putting your putting foot in the pond, and it uh, it just
1: happened to be me. Yeah, I <laughs> did it. Yeah, I mean, I have some good memories of uh, some games, and this is the one segment where I believe there'll be a fair amount of overlap. Um, like. Uh, I mean, I made a top 10, but I don't have to go through them all, and I'll certainly go through them pretty quick. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of crossover of, yeah, we had good experiences. Because this ho- our experience with this was really channeled through with you. So okay. it's like, you're teaching us the game, you own the games for the most part, we're coming here to play the games.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like, I- I've broken it down in just more of a few memories, um, right. in particular, like, I, I thought it was, for me at least, pretty silly to name 10 ga- particular games, because it would be really hard for me to rank them at all. It's more like, I really enjoy playing this game. I really enjoyed this time we sure. played it. Like, that that seems to be the, the more prevalent memory for me. Um, but bringing up Heroescape, yeah. Like, that, that really was something that really kind of, for me at least, reminds me of just Going out on our own, like thinking about like when you moved out and we'd go over here to do stuff, and it's like, oh, we have a place to ourselves and we can just stick shit on the table for for as long as we want. Yeah, like this kind of cool. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's well, it's like the opposite of cool, but it was fun. And and, yeah, because we used to set it up in uh, Moby's brother's like bare bedroom when he wasn't there on the floor (laughs) and like leave it for a month. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, those were some good times. Man, sure.
2: HeroScape, HeroScape is just hands down my, and always will be my favorite tabletop game. Uh, sure. It can't, how, how could something ever beat the amount of hours and enjoyment that I've gotten out of
1: all of my Hero Escape? It couldn't. Yeah. And
2: it's just, nothing can compete.
1: Now, did you at one point debate selling your stuff or no? No, no. I certainly had
2: inquiries about someone wanting to buy it. Oh, interesting. Um, and honestly, I couldn't even put a figure on it. Right. Because you have a ton. You, I have almost all of what was ever released. You cannot get any of it for uh, less than like $100 plus dollars for a, a small, a blister pack of like three figures. Like, Wow. It's... Yeah, it's 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 crazy.
3: Would you sell it for like a ridiculous price, like someone someone's like, here's forty grand. For
1: well, you.
2: yes, okay.
3: of course I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah, forty yeah. grand—that's up there. I right? would. Because Five we, because grand, it would be don't, like.
1: Mm
2: i know like the, right the, that's that's why i'm saying tip, that the right? tipping point is yeah. probably about 10
3: i mean that's what i'm thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 yeah because five you could, you five could probably, you could almost argue no you probably spent at least a couple right yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely you could probably talk me you could probably talk me down to seven seven and a half Maybe. <laughs> a lot of money there you go listener if you look you're a you're complete yeah. I pay off that fucking car <laughs> <laughs> yeah right Got some Hi- HeroScape rims on there.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I'll throw it. This one's actually kind of a question, but one of my favorite experiences was playing the couple games of Twilight Imperium Four. We did, Leland, Marty. Were you ever in on either? Of those
3: I played games? one, and I, you know, it's funny as you mentioned that I was trying to remember the name of the freaking game, and I was like, I was gonna message you guys, but then I was like, no, they'll make fun of me, and I couldn't remember what it was called for the longest time. I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm like, I know it's something for, and I know it's like a four X as Moby would call it, exploration battle, whatever. <laughs> thing that means i knew what it was but i couldn't remember the name and,
1: and that's a game i want to play again in 2020 now that joe's out here um i think that would be good and we just get a couple more people we think would be a good fit um because we're talking about experiences
0: so, mm. so absolutely so oh yeah
1: that first that first game we played we set up the mic
2: in the other in my den and we recorded like confessionals
1: yes that we I never still haven't listened
2: to because we never ended up using them we were going to do a whole ti4 thing and intersperse the confessionals with right. maybe a battle report i mean of course now it's impossible to do that There's no, yeah right we couldn't possibly do it i haven't actually listened to them either i don't know i think it was
3: mostly you it, it was mostly me i kept yeah. back in there
2: so. but that was a six player yeah ti4 game
3: yeah it was with uh listener riley and yeah. then your brother's and my little bro yep
1: yeah, that was good times, man.
3: Was that You're... six or was it five?
1: Maybe that was only five.
3: I think we yeah, three, three of five. us and those two, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I got to throw this one out there, particularly for the three of us, Transatlantic. <laughs> no, Transatlantic. Uh, we all love that game. The, the oh. three of us particularly love that game. Yeah, I, was, uh, yeah, I
3: really
2: yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. I don't know why I love that game the way I do.
1: Because you don't have, like me, I, I'm, the listener probably doesn't know because we don't discuss it on the, the podcast. Like I'm huge into ships normally it's just like a hobby like steamships so I love seeing authentic steamships with their years come by right. and they pick them. Right. Maybe I have a secret I've found a new fetish of mine. I know I that's a joke obviously but <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to fuck a ship.
2: If um, a ship had a vagina I'd fuck it. All right. <laughs> Well, we, we, we know that. you'd
1: fuck a blue ribon Which is where <laughs> oh, I'm it's going the the blue with this. It's the blue, oh, the no, blue seriously, I think it's small mechanics like that And it's how You can kind of build up Your your team, your organization Whatever you want to call it, your shipping line Sure. So that like you've got all these cards And you're starting to really make bank As far as like calling and scoring yep. It feels very progressive The game feels progressive It feels like there's a start point and an end point Because there is And not a lot of games feel like that. It's like someone just like wins it based on points normally. I'm not talking about transatlantic. I'm talking about games in general, but transatlantic takes you through a very defined journey yeah, it does like it that. does
2: it's it's not the the progression of the game is not arbitrary or based on uh really based on what the players are doing. like the game has a set progression, and you either keep up right. with it or you
1: don't right. Yeah. Now, quick question, is that game in the board game community at large? Is it con- very highly regarded, or is it just us? Uh, it's a Mac
2: Gertz game, and it is heavily overshadowed by his uh, previous game, Concordia. Okay. So this was a, f- I think this was the next game he designed. Everyone loves Concordia. I have yet to play it. I do not own it. I would certainly love to get it to the table, but... Uh, It's it's definitely overshadowed. Yeah, people people still say that Concordia is the superior game of the two. I feel like though, if I even no matter how good Concordia could be, I just have this love for Transatlantic now. Like Concordia Mm -hmm. will not stack up to Transatlantic.
1: It'll be hard. It's delivered a lot of fun every time we played it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a couple more to throw out there, but uh, anyone else want to take a turn throwing out some memories?
3: Yeah, you know, one I had was uh, playing Flick 'em Up. Oh, yeah. Uh, play, we, were, we were pretty drunk. It was over a weekend. Holy shit. I was
2: yeah. really drunk.
3: And we played a couple times. I don't we, remember going to bed then. We time. played a lot. No, I don't remember either. Yeah. I, I slept on a little tiny, like, child's bed. <laughs>
2: yeah, a six-year-old's bed. Yeah,
3: it sucked. <laughs> um, and it was so cold because where uh, we were playing, it was, like, minus 15 degrees and, like, I don't know. It wasn't apparently cold for there, but for my weak-ass weak fucking oh, it body, was cold, it was man. cold. It was cold. You know, I had, like, all the blankets and all the clothes on. I think I went to bed with my jacket on.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: wow. <laughs> <laughs> Listener wouldn't turn up the fucking heat. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just so much fun, yeah, and it was, like, so exciting when we would have, like, a, a flick-off or whatever, you know, oh, yeah, like, shoot across up. the table. Oh, yeah, yeah shoot-off. Yeah. Um, it was a really good time. We I played that all weekend. That was our primary game. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
1: wasn't there like that's a good memory? No, non-listener JR hated that game though.
2: Uh, no, he loved it. Oh, he loved. That's that one, one, one of the oh, reasons. That's, that's part of the reason we played it so much. Is because he uh, loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really liked it. Mm-hmm. He's super competitive. Right. For um, so this dates back to getting me started in the in the hobby. And it's just every game we have of the resistance, I just fucking love it. I've got that game. as well. Yeah. I love that game, man. And it, it it was one of the like first five games that I ever owned. Five hobby games that I ever owned. And I just I mean, it's it's always so drawn out. I always draw out discussing every little aspect of the game every time a decision needs to be made. But I fucking love it. I love it. And every like hidden role game afterward like they just don't stand up no i you know, just no, have found one that
3: i like more have, than the resistance have you played the rick and morty total recall no okay so i picked that up for ariel yeah we played the co-op version yeah but then the uh like the three player to five player version you're actually playing against players as well yeah so you're basically trying to see if like um these like npcs are like human or parasite and, i have and, played that and yes, you're I'm also mistaken. a human or a parasite yes yeah. so that, that sounded pretty neat i actually want to try the the uh versus version yeah. at some point yeah
2: yeah i i actually have played that one oh, okay um i think a re- listener riley owns it if you're a fan of the show you it's probably helps I yeah, would yeah, imagine, absolutely. yeah definitely because like i didn't really know who any of the characters were when we were playing it.
3: I, I honestly think they're just random. A lot of them are weird fucking things they just put in the game. Too. Yeah, okay, yeah. that, makes sense. that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. But yeah, uh, Resistance, the original, definitely my fave.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we've had some really good nights having a couple drinks and just getting really freaking loud. Yeah, <laughs> I remember in my old apartment, like, I swear to God, we must have kept up that no, entire complex. Not
2: I. I. I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> I'm in spy with many eyes.
1: Then how yeah. my brother thinks he can always read me. And he's like, guys, I know Matt's not it. I know. I know. He'd, he'd like, betray it to me. Because he's so overconfident.
3: He's sold me out so many times. I've been, like, spy with him. And he's like, no, he's a spy. Get him. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> I'm on your team. Yeah,
1: that'd be, that'd be him. So, quick and then a little bit of a a longer discussion. So, I I have to bring up my favorite game of the decade, which is Axis and Allies Global. That actually came out 2012. It seemed way older than that, but no. Wow. I think I bought it the year it came out, but still, um, you and I, Leland, have had some good games. Um, I'll never forget where you backdoored me and took Germany. That was great. And I thought I was going to, (laughs) like, fucking stomp you as the Axis. One
2: little boat. One little boat (laughs) with one little man. Raiding
1: the coffers. So that was good. I had a birthday where we played it, which was a lot of fun. Um, But this decade was the decade of D&D 5th edition. Yeah. And in particular, my single favorite board game moment was was Marty's stag. That first day where we played D&D all
3: day. Ten hours. That was very ten hours straight. Ten hours, and then we had like a break where like the teams we split off, and then like part of the party went and went and played uh, checkers or chess. I played chess with
1: uh, with anti listener, (laughs) and uh, I allowed him to take up to two or three moves
3: back and still kicked his ass two out of three. (laughs) The best was we played so long that Leland ran out of like material. Yes,
2: (laughs) I was like, okay, I need a second. Let me give me like. 20 minutes to make
1: some more shit here <laughs> like, <laughs> but you were just like drunk and happy
3: sitting in the chair
1: so I don't even think you went to the washroom was, I don't I know, know if you
3: ate you just, you just like DM'd in your throne <laughs> that was like honestly the perfect amount of like food and alcohol and fun because yeah. the next day was not the next day was not the perfect amount of alcohol <laughs> no. it was probably the perfect amount of uh, food uh, not the perfect amount of fun it was no. not not fun <laughs> and definitely not no too much alcohol too little fun good food though um but the first day oh that was great
2: yeah oh yes that was so so fun there's so many funny stories i still remember that like listener riley fucking the Uh, mom (laughs) yeah And, like, make, and making you guys eat the egg things that came out of the bag of
1: beans. Yeah. It's
0: like when, when
1: Anti-Listener and I came back to the game, because for once we had agreed on something, which is that we were not going to go with you two. And then I'm like, what the hell happened? And But I guess it was, like, five hours. So a lot can happen in five hours. <laughs> That
3: character I had too I liked playing him Because he was like Very goody good But like he had like Things that were just like Ticking him Like he was like A ticking fucking time bomb And I was keeping tabs on like Eventually he'd hit a point And just snap And just go full Full chaotic evil <laughs> He was getting there, um, but he had like this like spinning truth of sword of justice that I would use to like interrogate people and it was like a magic sword and I would just use, have it like spinning basically almost like a fucking like, you'd fall into it like a blender so I'd have like, we'd be holding people above this blender sword. <laughs> yeah. We killed a lot of innocent people. Oh yeah. Well,
2: uh, they were cultists to be, to oh, be honest. Oh, fair enough. Yeah.
3: yeah, religion is bad. They deserve oh, it. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
2: cult of the swimming darkness I think I called uh, it. <laughs> yeah.
3: that was that was really fun that was one of my favorite D&D moments slash campaigns I mean, yeah that was good as, as far as I see understand. that
2: it was just so short-lived yeah this things always seem to be
3: it's tough honestly yeah. I think I'd almost get to the point now where if I played like remotely it would be better yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: you could definitely do that. Yeah. I'm well versed with that these days.
2: At
3: least for me it's like it's, uh, I'd be down. Yeah. I could
1: wire that. I've got my dice still. So yeah, we'll yeah. do that at some point.
2: Yeah. Well and I of course speaking of I of course would be remiss if I did not mention the encouragable Party. Yes. Uh, it's just it's 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 some of like the best role playing I've ever DM'd. Like I am so, so good. I'm really good. <laughs> Uh, but your, no, your most, modesty's but, become but, like putting together the show as a whole and I get I get the chance to I every so often I do like post credit scenes basically. And there are, you know, after the outro, if you stick around for the extra five seconds, maybe you'll hear something there kind of thing. So like putting those t- together is like just building the narrative is so awesome for me. Like That's it's awesome. so fun. It's so fun.
3: I bet, yeah, because you you've always kind of liked the creative writing to begin with. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. gives you a good outlet for that.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean we just Put out a, a, the first part of a two part recap for our what we're calling our chapter one. As we mm. the show is kind of transitioning right now, so yeah, it's kind of it's supposed to be a nice jumping in point for newer listeners. You know, oh, that's so. good we've point. had like fifty six fifty six regular episodes, let alone the the like nearly twenty what we call the after party where we discuss the last the latest batch of things, right? Yeah, so but- hopefully it'll be a nice draw for people who are uh, you know. That could be a daunting amount of catch-up to do, for sure. Right. And, of course, this, where the show is now is not quite reflective at all of the the quality as, you know, the past episodes that don't reflect that. Like our show, obviously, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. typical. Exactly. Yeah.
3: That's uh, – I, I would agree with the D&D for sure. All I've got is a few other
1: games. I'm not going to add any kind of highlights to this unless you ask for them. But um, Splendor, you know, one of the card games I could dominate – I really enjoy Cards Against Humanity. Um, I'm pretty sure it's your wife's favorite thing on planet Earth, Marty, but
3: uh, it is uh, really it's fun. right up there with uh, our dog. Um Vegetables. Vegan food. <laughs> Me in the beginning of our relationship.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Before the marriage, before I locked her down.
3: No, yeah, she really enjoys playing it. Um, you know, and I, I enjoy it. You know, if you have some, a couple drinks and you bust it out once every, I'd say now, two years. Every year is too much but yeah. I, you know when you when you first said you hated playing it i was like oh really leland you're being a party pooper now i'm like oh fuck i'm tired <laughs> but it's it is really and you need enough people you need like you know six to eight like-minded assholes and then it's fun yeah right like-minded assholes is a good it, way it's it. also good if you have a couple people who are uncomfortable i think we played with oh um, that's the best a couple people i think we played with um my wife's sister and her uh, boyfriend one time, and they were just kind. Of, they looked almost like traumatized. Yeah,
2: they were just kind of near the headlights. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's bare. It's not a game. It's just a. It's an activity. It's a thing you do, and it is an activity. If everyone yeah. is having fun, which we always do yeah. when we play it, then yeah, yeah it's certainly get on board. Barely a game, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: My last highlight I'll throw out there is Twilight Struggle, which yeah. uh, I learned with Leland. He's like, "Hey, I got supposedly one of the best games ever made." It was a uh, really, really tough rules, band. poor rule book, um, <laughs> yeah. but there was a good version on Steam, and that's kind of helping me learn it. Maybe I'll get a game going tonight. But um,
3: yeah, yeah, maybe I'll check out the Steam version so I could actually learn this freaking thing. Yeah, it's
1: pretty fun. I mean, it's it's always one-on-one, yeah. but uh, it, it is fun how it works. It's pretty unique. Yeah, man. That,
2: I don't know who incepted that game. I don't know who designed that game. It's put out by GMT Games, but i was I was very pleasantly surprised with it, for mm-hmm. sure, because I think I opened that up and and tried to learn that at a at a time in my tabletop career that I think it might have been a little above what I was quite ready for, right. especially to have to try to teach it to
0: someone yeah
3: that's a thing you're really good at honestly like yeah that's something i i think i probably like there's a lot of games we open and i look at them and i go like dear god like i have to learn this and play <laughs> and like and then play it competitively within an hour like realistically to right. actually win yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like some are an impossibility i'm not gonna um was it twilight imperiums the long one yeah yeah okay that one is not one that you can win the first time you play against people who are yeah like, no, yeah no, there's no. no way and like there's just too much but then there's been a few that have been pretty intense and that you do a good enough job teaching and maybe not just giving, laying the smack down that I, you, you <laughs> know, the other people can be competitive at least sure, at first. Sure, sure.
2: Well, I mean, I rarely win games, but I, so for Christmas, I was visiting my father and stepmother and, uh, it was a time and I, of course, <laughs> I, of course <laughs> I, of course, I, of course brought over some games. And I received Brass Birmingham for Christmas, and it is a very lengthy game. It is a very heavy game on uh, the difficulty mm-hmm. side. And I cracked it open, read the rule book a few hours, and then uh, you know, a few hours one uh, the afternoon I received it, punched it out, and then like two hours later, I'm like, "Let's play this." And I had to try to teach it. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> the teach did not go very well. I mean, it went okay for what the game is, but. Uh, we we because it has like a beginner game, and basically the game is in two parts. And we only played the beginner game is you just play the first era, the canal era it was called. And what the game is is you you are playing through this century, uh, the uh, industrial, the booming industrial revolution, and it takes place in Birmingham. And you are building these different industries, and you're trying to sell goods to get money, which garner victory points, et cetera, et cetera, and flipping buildings out on this board. But the main thing about it is you keeping this supply of coal to to uh, what's called your network, and you lay out um, boats in the canals, right, to form this network. I think you guys would really like this one, actually. Yeah, it
1: sounds pretty cool.
2: And uh, to do in this particular version, there's the brass Lancashire, which is a, a basically a I don't know, if reboots the right word, but of just base brass. So there's kind of some variations, but in Birmingham. Basically everything every time you want to sell, you gotta have some beer. So it's just a grease and palms and kind of thing. So you can put out taverns and if you're if you're connected to other people's like coal mines, then you you basically spend coal from the closest coal mine. And when a city is depleted of its resources, at that point it flips over, and that's when you score income. You gain income, and then at the end of the era you score points for all your flipped buildings. So it's kind of You want to get your networks in, and then place the buildings where it'll get used by by a bunch of players. And I really, really liked it. We played the beginning game, played a lot of things incorrectly. Then everyone kind of got the hang of it. I was playing with my stepbrothers and my stepmom, and they're all very smart people, much smarter than myself, but less versed in the hobby itself. And I we played our second game, and we still got a few, still played with a few, a couple rules wrong, but nothing significant. And I think I came in second, but it was, it was really great. And I, I just like, I like being at the point where I can just open up a rule book and like, you know, I played enough games where I have this back catalog of this legacy knowledge that, yeah, I recognize this and this mechanic and this mechanic. And, oh, this is an interesting way in which it's impl- implemented. And that's kind of unique. And I can kind of see where you would glean some strategies from this mechanic and all that, all that kind of stuff. So I think that is for me right now, my favorite part of, the hobby is literally just exploring, exploring some of the differences in like mechanisms and their implementations in mm-hmm. heavier games or lighter games,
1: and all, kind of all these different variations. That's cool. Yeah, I'd that. You're a very good teacher, and we give you shit sometimes because you will put yourself as a disadvantage if it helps to teach. <laughs> um I've seen that several times. Well, I will that's... always
2: forget at least one rule too. That's like a. That's my rule. I will always forget
0: one rule.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad rule. Yeah, that is a bad rule. <laughs> that makes a bad teacher. Well,
1: nope. that's all I got. So, so those are all positives. Are...
2: But is there anything you guys do not like about the hobby? The things oh. you are frustrated? Maybe some strange trends? I know I certainly have a couple.
1: Well, I mean, n- not for me, but here's the issue for you. Because it's a physical board game. You need to spend a lot of fucking money to buy them. You need to store them. And I know it's a lot of space that are taken up by them. But then you, it's the one hobby, unlike movies or video games, where you're relying on the attendance of other people and other people to be able to come unless you're, you know, soloing it. Right. Yeah, but that's entirely that, true. That's a problem with the hobby.
2: Yeah. And that's a problem with like a lot of, a lot of, it's a lot of hobbyists can't find playgroups, so there are more collectors, and I certainly fall on that collector side. Uh, I, I, less so now though. I certainly don't buy nearly the amount of games that is typical of someone first getting to the hobby. You literally buy everything before your tastes are really refined. So I don't do that anymore, really. But yeah, that that's that's a good point. But I, I'm to the point where I just like accept it, and I, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, like if I wanted to find a playgroup, I could find a. I could probably – I could find a Vancouver-based
1: group. You too. could. Yeah, absolutely. yeah totally.
2: Yeah. I don't have time. I don't have fucking time.
0: There's no time. And you
1: don't, but I think you're honing in on your interest better. So, like, I mean, D&D and the incorrigible part, it, your, your mouse pad is literally stilted up on three D&D books. And I see yeah. another one on the chair beside you. Like, this is where you're at right now. Right. And you love it, and that's great. And – if you can focus your time and money on a few games and stuff like that, that's fantastic. I know there's a few games out there you'd still like to get your hands on one day Battlestar Galactica being one. Yeah. Um but I I just see yourself becoming more responsible and not like you said, not buying everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know, Marty, you you have anything to add about negatives of the board games.
3: the only thing that comes to mind is the exit games that I've played. Oh good the point. Uh, escape room games. I hate good all point. of them. We hate games. them. Yeah. I I have yet to have a good experience.
1: No, it's a negative experience. I, I've done a couple with Leland and there are parts of each one we've done that make us genuinely pissed off. Oh, yeah. We're like, this isn't fun. This isn't what we want to do on a Friday night.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it just feels like two hours at least, and then it's like, Oh, okay. Like and they're they're always bullshit. There's just bullshit. Oh, yeah. Bullshit <laughs> they
0: are bullshit. bullshit yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those games suck. I I. I don't understand the enjoyment that a lot of people garner from those. I, I don't know. Maybe they have a, a more of a tolerance to some of the ridiculousness of them. But I, when I'm, if, if I'm sitting down and I'm trying to solve a puzzle, I don't want to do it with a piece that's been cut in half and then slipped under the back section of a, the lid of the board of the, of the box I just opened. Yeah. And then <laughs> I have to go, like I, at some point I'm, Get a weird clue that tells me it's there. Like, no, I don't mm. want to do. That. I don't. I don't garner. I don't garner enjoyment from that shit. No, and In I don't whatsoever. like
3: regular escape rooms either. Me either. So it's not like they're. It's not like this is something that is odd from the real life thing. It's I hate them all. Yeah, exactly. So they're just uh, not my not yeah. my cup of tea. Yeah, not my cup of tea.
2: Well, I have two things, and I kind of want to end with a rant about Kickstarter. Okay, but the the one before that is it, this isn't something that I. I don't hate this about the hobby, but it's more something that I struggle with personally uh, and specifically in my domain of board game Twitter, which is incredibly positive, positive to the point that I can't fucking take all of it all every single day. Like I'm all this, this makes me already. I'm sounding like a fucking cynical asshole, but I can't. I see so much of it. That I just can't help but be cynical and like roll my eyes. Every third, the third plus post I see about, you know, people like people genuinely, at least I assume genuinely, like expressing their joy for something because something someone's done. Because so many people in the in the hobby are content creators, and I fully support and endorse reaching out to those creators that you enjoy and letting them know because it is nice when the, it is incredibly nice when they hear that but <laughs> i've had to mute quite a few people on twitter because i'm like i can't take this scrolling from my feet i just can't it's like wait why are you so
3: happy you mute people for the opposite of being toxic <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs>
1: I just I imagine it's like Willy Wonka's board game factory and it's just happiness and oompa loompas everywhere yeah. and it's like no there's bad games and bad creators just, well no th- I
2: mean that's not even I'm not, that's not I'm it? not I'm not begging for people to be bitching more about things I don't I don't that's not what I mean I just like I personally get over saturated with all the the kumbayas and the kudos oh, the kudos going okay. around and it and it, it's it's a great thing. It is a positive thing for the hobby. It's great to see people should be supporting
3: each other mm-hmm. of all ilk's and walks of life. But you don't need a human centipede of ass kissing. I don't
2: need. Yes, <laughs> good, Thank
3: good, good meat.
2: Thank good you, boy. Marty. Oh my god! Thank goodness we pulled that seance out because I've been kicking myself for a succinct way that I don't need the human centipede, centipede of, of kiss assing.
3: We love those films. It's too help. much
1: for me. It's too much for me. I'm. It's called like that's a Tuesday activity in hell. Hey, those came out in the last deck, didn't they? Yeah,
3: well, what do you think, think they're based off
2: that. of? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, as a person, find it very difficult to maintain a high level of positivity all the time.
1: Right. That's just not how I recharge. Listeners very surprised. Yeah, I'm like sure that. that they are shocked to hear that. <laughs> but in speaking about positivity, rant on Kickstarter, because I probably got your back here.
2: Okay, um... In general, Kickstarter just annoys the fuck out of me. Oh, absolutely. I hate it now. I hate it. Yeah. I, and it, it kind of makes me sad because I've only ever been, I've only ever had the one negative experience with Evil Dead 2. That is it. That's literally the only time. But there's too, there's, it's, it's too easy for bad people to abuse yes. it. and just, There is not enough being done one by Kickstarter itself, and by consumers' due diligence right. to combat it. Yeah, how do you hold them accountable? Like, what do they do? Well, they're, um, yeah, very recently, there have been people that are literally, uh, literally just ripping off already existing games. They go to, oh man, what was the website? There's this website, and I think it's like this type of, uh, man, I wish I could remember. I should have been better prepared for this. But basically, they go in, they kind of get the specs and the name, and and they, they rip off this this creator's game that you could very clearly go and easily research that it belongs to this other creator. And they put it up on Kickstarter and try to sell it as their own. Okay. And with no plans of making it? Well, that... Yeah, ambiguous. I assume so. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. So, they're just trying to scam people do, out of Do the they
1: rebrand it or do they literally sell the well, exact game? Well, in same this yet. instance, they literally...
2: Re- they literally wow. just put it back up there. And they did it two times. Kickstarter shut them down the first time. And they, they repeated it a second time from the same website, drawing the resources from the
3: same creator. When wow. do they get the money? When it's actually funded? When it's entirely funded, then the money when goes it, through? When it reaches their goal at the yeah. end of the set amount of days yeah. that the
2: drive is up for. Yeah. I believe that is when they get the payout. Kickstarter takes their 10% cut, or yeah. whatever the percentage happens to be. I, I think it's 10 And they quote-unquote go into production at that point i'm yeah. not entirely clear on exactly how that process See, that's, works. that's
3: interesting like how do you stop it for people just taking taking it and, and run it like especially well, when there's a lot of countries and issues and yes
2: like. that's true and there are a lot of projects that get put up on kickstarter a lot of shit projects that just don't fund
0: mm-hmm. and
2: a lot of projects that don't find that are legitimate projects mm-hmm. just they don't garner the interest and they don't get funded well
3: that's that's fine like if you don't if you don't get funded but if you get funded and you don't provide what you say you're going to provide That's the issue. Evil
1: did too. I mean, that's the situation you're alluding to, which we both suffered from, and then had turnaround, which is very nice. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I'm very hesitant for Kickstarter because I've had, I've been ripped off, but I've also had some that just have been unnecessarily delayed to the point that it's like, you know, really, what are you going to do? Like, you know, Star Citizen, technically, that's still alive. And what's been built so far, some people swear by it, but it's been like, eight years that is the biggest
3: legal scam i've ever seen but
1: <laughs> the, you, you wouldn't win a legal scam because they'd be able to produce something the only thing you'd be able to say is you didn't produce enough in a timely fashion they have multiple solar it's,
2: systems it's they the most have successful ponzi scheme in the history it's, it's of insane schemes. it's insane it is a be,
3: ponzi scheme. because they're clearly just going like we can just keep making more money like you're just yeah. they're just getting they're going okay well why would we stop why would we do why would we finish this we can just keep asking for more and people have not stopped. They will people give. Not they stopped. will give. They give their
1: financials right on their website. You can see day, month, year what they're making mm-hmm. and they're still yeah. pumping in tons of I money. I think
3: to the, for them that actually works out to in their benefit because it's almost like a whole thing now. It's like the the most highly funded thing of all time and like they can almost just tout that and just say keep funding the fucking machine. Yeah. Um,
1: really good web series listener. It's called, uh, Down the Rabbit Hole on YouTube. They do Down the Rabbit Hole Star Citizen. It's like a 40-minute episode. Really well done, if you want to understand. He
0: has
3: it. a Star Citizen one? Oh, right, but
1: it's it's older now, it's right? It's a bit older, yeah, but okay. it still covers the beginning yeah. of,
0: of where Star right, Citizen right. went.
1: Um, I have yet to watch his episode on furries. That's the last one to go. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that should be interesting. Well,
2: um, as far as delays, your comment about delays, when it comes to... Kickstarting board games, you just assume it's gonna be delayed. Right. So basically like that's not what I really have a problem with. There are a lot of games on my shelf that have been funded from Kickstarter and that would not exist without Kickstarter. And they're excellent games, and I'm incredibly thankful that I own them and that the designers were able to get them created. The no doubt that Kickstarter is a huge boon to this hobby and many other industries. Right, not just board games. Obviously, video games
3: sure it's impacted too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Divinity uh, Original Sin two that's a uh, Kickstarter. That's crazy.
0: Yeah,
2: I did not know that. That's yeah. nuts. And so I would never. I would. Ne- I'm, I'm certainly not of the opinion that Kickstarter needs to be abolished. I just. I don't. I don't know what the answer is because obviously I'm not smart enough to figure out what it is. If I had it, I would be selling it. Right, but I am done with Kickstarter personally. I will not use it
1: ever again. Well, right on, on that positive note,
3: <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, maybe kickstart our way into a new segment. There we go, good segue. It's time for the video game variety show. I almost said movie musings. You know, oh. kind of got excited there. Hey. Do you want to do it again? Do you want to just have a different top ten? I 10? really
1: don't. <laughs> I really don't. As much yeah. as I love, film. I mean, if you
3: held in this far, like, like you should have held in because this is the this is the main course. That's right. This is the fucking prime rib. This meat, um, meat, meat and potatoes, baby. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about some video games this is the last decade. Obviously, video games change a lot every ten years. It's not like uh, you know, movies change in certain ways, but video games change a lot. Um, you know, it's the media, the the just the the type of media that it is. It it can change a lot. I mean, the technology changes. Um, obviously, consoles you know, lifespans about five to seven years. So in the last decade, we've seen um, some uh, new Nintendo consoles. We've seen two. You know, you've seen the Switch, and we've seen the Wii U. Uh, Hard to believe um, the Wii U was in this decade. Um, We've also obviously seen the PS4 and the Xbox One and all their iterations thereof. And next year, it looks like we're going to be getting some new ones. So it's kind of uh, of interesting. Like, this decade brought in the PS4 and probably ended it for the most part. Um, And... It also kind of marked, at least for me, a a bit of a change Um, at times, not playing nearly as much as I used to, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously getting married and living with somebody and not being able to just dump 15 hours on a Saturday, you know? Yeah. I mean, we still do once in a while, but like not as often. So, yeah, I was wondering, like, has it changed for you guys? I know it has for Leland, for sure. Like, I don't see that you're playing nearly as much as you used to
2: no basically i traded up quite a bit of the video my video game time for board game time mm-hmm. and it has been like that for years
3: yeah it has yeah, yeah because a lot of times in the past couple of years at least i'd be lending you the AAA titles after i beat them <laughs> yeah and yeah. then i got a pc, and then you got a PC. yeah
1: you kind of hit the nail on the head there though marty uh without really thinking that you were in the distinction you just made about AAA. One of the biggest industry shifts I've seen this past decade is a clear, not demarcation in popularity, but we now have AAA and we have indie titles, and they are almost very different experiences. I don't know if you'd agree with me on that, but...
3: I would agree with you as far as the very AAA titles are very obviously like movie quality. Right. Right. 500 million dollars like when when i say triple a i'm talking about like red dead redemption 2 you know or in leland's case fallout 76 yes i'm talking about fallout 76 um which looks like it came out in 2003 (laughs) 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 i'm not talking about a game that came out that looks like it came out last decade um yeah no i would definitely agree and i think that the experiences you get from indie games are very unique and and so varied which is really nice um definitely the uh The market for indie games in this last last decade has definitely changed, for sure.
1: Yeah, there were two changes for me. Uh, Number one is for the first time ever, I got a full-on gaming PC. Um, Yeah, I guess it's a gaming laptop, but at the time I bought it, it was one of the -the top-of-the-line models that you could get. And so that allowed me to access uh, high-quality PC gaming for the first time. In the past, and I was okay with it, but I was always playing titles four or five years from when they came out. Um, So that changed for me. Uh, And number two is digital distribution. At the beginning of the decade, almost everything I had was on disc of some sort, uh, whereas now it's 75 to 85%
3: digital with just the odd purchase. Yeah, and I think that the only thing you probably buy a physical copy of at this point would be mostly Nintendo products, I would
1: imagine. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always been a Nintendo fanboy, so that kind of goes without saying. But... uh, I would say most of the Nintendo products I buy, even for the Switch, are still you know chip based because I don't want to use up all my memory on yeah. my Switch, which goes quick. It does. In um, retro games, you know, buying a lot of old Wii titles, uh, still buy some GameCube titles and odd N sixty four. So those those have to be disc based. Uh, but PC PC I used to have a lot of PC discs, and now almost nothing I get for the PC is.
3: yeah i don't think you really see much for pc disc based games at all like i think i remember the last pc game i got that was a disc was world of warcraft wow yeah so i was thinking 2005 it's a long time ago yeah
1: but uh with large hard drive space now um and good clients like steam and gog it's easy to
3: have access to And Epic, games. Game, Epic
0: Store. Game Store. that oh, one I don't there? know. What, what? Nah, that is it's really bad. Completely, don't completely sarcasm. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah.
3: I mean, I've used it, and, I like, some people won't use it for the sake of, like, oh, it's it'll be on Steam in a year. Well, I want to play Control now, damn it. And I want it on a PC. So, right. like, there's a few things I, I, I have to buy on there, right. and I hate it because I want them now, and I don't want to play them on my stinky-ass PS4. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like sometimes, like the PS, sa-
2: PS4, PS4 Pros can barely c- handle control.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, like control, like, you need a fucking like I don't know supercomputer to play that. I know thing. I
2: want to get it, but I, I honestly don't think my old PS4 could. It'll chug. It'll, it will, it'll, it'll chug. it will
3: chug. It's so good, but it will chug. Yeah, yeah. Wait till uh, PS5 comes out, and you just get a fucking like uh, like remake version or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah. Get like the Last of Us when they Ugh. up it. You They'll know.
2: with the PS5. PS5s will still come with a free version of the Last of Us. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> no, me? it'll come with the Last of Us too. No, 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 this no. the first no. one.
3: No, no, no. It's got to be the first one. <laughs> oh, awesome! I almost put it in my top ten, and I thought you're. I,
2: I would have fucking blown a you gas. Would, you would have lost your
3: shit. That. Yeah, it, it, lost it's lost in my honorable mentions shit. for sure. I love it. Yeah, uh, I play a lot more PC games. Like obviously, so I got same as you. I got a gaming PC this last decade. It's just really convenient. It's, I like just having, like, that s- list of Steam games and just being like, oh, what do I want to play? Yeah, you know? exactly. And there's my backlog is just stupid. Like, my I'm, backlog's crazy, I mean, mine's not bit. as bad as yours, I'm sure, but, yeah. like, there's some I'll never play. Like, just games that come out, they a buck, and I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll play, um, you know, KOTOR from, like, 2003. <laughs> i like, <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I turned it on. I actually was like, you know what? I, I like I like Western RPGs, and I, and I like Star Wars games. Apparently, so I'll try this. So I, you can't do it. It's like so outdated. Oh fuck, that's funny. Yeah.
1: Um, part of that change in uh, consumption, though, is um, I find I wait a lot for sales, like Steam's uh, Christmas oh, and Black yeah, Friday sales. Oh yeah, yeah, as well. Um, but that basically creates a self fulfilling prophecy. I fill myself up with most of my games for the year, and then sale, and then I'm still not done the old games, so I pile on more games.
3: Yeah, or you just buy shit and you never play it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the deals are good. Like, there's a lot of deals that bring games that are just a few years old down to, like, the $10 range, $5
3: range. To be fair, that it's almost always the same games go on almost the same sale at some point every, like, every couple months. Right. So, like, I've been looking at, like, um, uh, what is that? Um, Not Evil Dead, but... um, it's uh, it's by the Resident Evil creator. It's um,
2: oh okay,
3: yeah, um, yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's a survival horror. Yeah, there's there's two of them. I forget something evil.
1: I, I forget.
3: Yeah, I, whatever. I know. Um, but those both go on sale, and they both go on sale for like eighty percent off. Whoa! And I, they're always in my wish list, and I look at them. I'm like, maybe this time, and then I don't. But you know, eventually, I'll pull the trigger and never play them.
1: Yeah um such is life
3: yep such is, this life. is the way
1: <laughs> i feel like there's maybe one or two tentpole games per year that i automatically buy up i'll buy it at a high price uh for example i bought resident evil 3 for myself uh because i wanted the classic costumes and i'm like this is the most obvious gift to get marty i know his birthday is in 11 months but sent over a copy. That was the weirdest birthday. thing. And, yeah,
3: I, I turned on my computer the ne- the day after Christmas and I was like Resident Evil 3. I was like I own Resident Evil 3 and I was so excited and then I'm like, "Oh, Moby got it for me." And it was oh, like, it was the earliest birthday gift ever.
1: Yes, cuz it was I the last thing I'd want is to just see that you had bought it and I'm like, "But this is the most obvious
3: gift to get him." I know there's no creativity involved, but it's like, "Come on, I knew you'd be playing no, it was that." Really thing. generous and nice and it was prob- Yeah, it's pretty it, fucking expensive. Probably the thing I would want if you could say would you like any type of video game in the next year I'd say that one so yeah good oh, choice
1: there we go uh, our... you,
2: you, so you pre-ordered this yeah okay so, so basically we, I blew we are talking about the I 160 remake, right? yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. RE3 make I blew 160 bucks in 24 hours on games one wow. for me one for him you didn't get me a copy because your computer is shit oh, and yeah. I was like do but, I get uh, him a copy Steam on copy. PS4 uh, <laughs> which I may I
2: may. Well, I mean, after RE2 make, I will cert- I'm will i certainly interested in picking it up. Well, see, that's yeah. the thing.
1: The RE2 make was really good, and that was one of the temp from this past year. May mm. or may not appear on my list. It will da, appear da, da. on mine. <laughs> but where? Who knows? Well, it does give us the ability... It, it, it RE2 make has the nostalgia factor of Mr. X basically being Leland when he was drunk, and so there's that additional fear factor for you and I, Marty. It's like, Leland's coming. He's looking for his
3: bottle. Yeah, literally he, holding up an j- engine of a jet pl- or a helicopter, <laughs> looking for his booze.
1: And then just us <laughs> hiding in in you know my basement, hearing boom, 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 boom to the various rooms. <laughs> Is he getting closer?
2: There was
3: no safe room. There was <laughs> no, no safe room. It was way more realistic. <laughs> That's
0: correct.
2: Uh, well, I, okay, I want to say before we kick into this, the one thing that drives me crazy about this industry is just how much a, a new releases, like it's honestly cost prohibitive these days for me like i right. cannot even if i wanted to and i want to i cannot pick up every single game that interests me mm-hmm. i can't do it i have to wait six to eight months after so i yeah. can get at least somewhat of a reduce price.
3: I think part of that is that it's not your main sort of entertainment hobby at this point either. Yeah. So like I don't really have that much of a monetary stream going out to any other sort of hobby mm. for myself at least. Um other than, you know, pumping some iron and sticking some uh, creatine in these veins. But, you know, <laughs> creatine's fucking cheap. Um, <laughs> um Just bloat, bro. Yeah. Bloat. <laughs> Yeah, it's the only way I can float. Otherwise, I fucking sink. <laughs>
0: um, <Floated> on <laughs> I'm be- floating on creatine. I'm floating
1: <laughs> on oh, creatine. You'll float, too. You don't to feel good.
0: <laughs>
1: that sounded way more like the Joker. That's how Satan greets you in hell. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Get
1: over here, Marty. <clears throat>
3: Yeah, that's not what he. Holy does. fuck! Okay. This is went well, off the fucking <laughs> right, rails. so <laughs> this top is what ten. What when we uh, have a four-hour podcast? I know. Okay, you know. The are what were what we even fucking talking about? Cost prohibitive video games. What? How did that get? Okay, whatever. Um... <laughs> yeah well no you're right it, it is expensive and that's one nice thing about steam is that yeah. sometimes stuff goes on sale very quick yeah and, and also like on psn you were saying like uh, they De- are
2: currently having a christmas sale they yeah lasts until the middle of january apparently mm-hmm. so i will be pulling the trigger on securo and death stranding
3: uh speaking of which i had um a refund from my uh mastercard and it, or like uh you know like money back or whatever yeah so i just picked up Death Stranding with that, nice. so I was like, "Yes, that's
0: awesome.
3: <laughs> it was, yeah, it was good." It was fifty bucks, like oh. for a physical copy. Yeah, 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 that's great. Yeah, so I uh, picked that up as well. I re- highly recommend Sekiro as well. Yeah. Spoilers,
2: yeah. not on my top
3: ten list. No, I will <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played it. Yeah, you know, there's stuff that would probably be on my top ten list if I had actually ended up playing it. Yeah. And at, at some point, you can't play everything. You just can't. No. And there's no, so there's so many critical darlings and whatever. I, I would love to try every fucking little indie game, too, but, like, like, I want to play the Goose Game at some point, but, like...
2: Yeah, the Untitled Goose Game. Oh, my yeah. God. Everyone's fucking talking about Meme City. Holy yeah. Hannah. God.
3: Mm-hmm. And, like, at... I'm almost like you at some point where I'm like, oh, can we, I, don't, I, I don't even, even want to play yeah, it anymore.
2: Well, honestly though, this list also is a decade's list. This isn't, we're not talking about 2019. Oh, for sure. That's and,
3: very different. Yeah. And, uh, that's another thing too, is like a decade's a long time in video games. So at least for me, like I played a lot of fucking games in the last decade. Yeah. And, um, I've,
2: forgotten three times the amount that i played
3: yeah you know and i had to go back and like look at some some lists and be like okay oh yeah yeah that was 2010 when, when, you know those were two and there's a few that didn't quite make the list but like they very well could have like alan wake's not on my list why because it's honestly like 10 wasn't enough for me at some point point. <laughs> okay. and, and like i i forgot it was in the the decade i thought it was the one before yeah, yeah, i yeah. thought it was in like the bioshock decade right um but like it very well could have been I mean, it's it certainly could be interchangeable with like the ones near the top, yeah. or not near the top, but sorry, near like the 9, nine, eight spot, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um. It was just hard. It was hard to narrow it down. I had to wow. make some cuts. Um. Yeah, f- that
2: one spoilers is certainly on my list.
3: Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, with justly so, you know, I love the hell. And out of some it, people yeah. like Control and say it's they'd like it better than Alan Wake. So really? like, and and Control is not on my list. So like, okay. There's there's stuff that could very well be on on someone's list and that's where i think subjectivity is going to come in for sure right but yeah and other than that i mean i think i'm pretty much ready to jump into this yeah let's Let's jump in let's start with you and go clockwise yeah so uh starting with number 10 for me getting through my file of papers here uh i'm gonna start number 10 would be uh, divinity original sin 2 I uh, played it on PC. Um, one of the things I was first, games I was first really excited about to play on my gaming PC um, because it wasn't on console at the time. Um, made by Larian Studios. It was a Kickstarter, I believe. I know the first one was for sure. Um, I think this one was as well. Um, it's a just a CRPG. You know, isometric, top down. You know, you're looking at. It plays very much like a uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's it was probably the closest experience to a video game Dungeons and Dragons I've ever played. Wow. Um, it's about 80 hours long. The first 50 or so are fucking amazing. One of my favorite RPGs, RPGs of all time. The last 30, it kind of drops the ball a little bit. And it's almost like they put so much effort into the first couple areas. The game's split into maybe like four or five acts, something like that. The first three are just like jam-packed. So many choices, decisions, whatever. Great dialogue, interesting characters. One of the best. They game is super fucking hard too at times just really really fun rpg mechanics um and then the last bit kind of drops it otherwise it probably would have been higher honestly and the fact that it's still that high considering the last little bit is a bit of a letdown i mean is telling it's a really good game highly recommend it
2: so it's on console now it is oh yeah okay yeah adding to the list
0: the yeah, ever going list
2: oh i know i know. 10 is the long dark I mean, I'm mm. wax poetical about this, but yeah. I think it was like a solid five episodes in a row that I was just <laughs> raving about this.
3: I'm surprised it made it,
2: made it on your list. You really, yeah, why and, the and, fuck not? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there's so very little that i played. Yeah. Uh, and again, it was... I also kind of looked at this list and, like, based it on... Again, much, much like my movie list. Um, more so, like, experiences. And I don't know. I just only ever had fun Uh, and this game is like it's strangely addicting for me too Mm -hmm. and it's very simple you're just have you just in the in the winter up north and you gotta survive
3: see i think it's right up your alley too and that's the thing like you really like those um like roguelike games yeah you also really like survival-type games. You like difficult games. And yeah. it really kind of fits all those, checks all those bubbles yeah. for you.
2: Well, and actually, this one was kind of in contention with the forest. I, was, I was wondering if that had made you Up list. around yeah. the top of
3: this yeah. list. Yeah. I think the forest, too, it, it's really fun, but I think that I could see the long dark having more of a, a hold. You know, It's got
2: more longevity, yeah. I think. Um, the forest, it has quite a few problems with it. It does really
3: the basic gameplay mechanics like the combat and stuff are really bad like the, the, yeah you know it's not really yep. it, but when i played that co-op for about eight hours it was some of the most fun for those first eight hours yeah, yeah. but then you're like well wh- why are we doing this now right like, it's,
2: well it's interesting the forest oh man we're tangenting real hard here but the forest um it it's it, it at at first glance is one of those games that you think is like, take all the time to do whatever you want type of games.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: there there is a narrative structure, and you could haphazardly progress through that narrative and make the game incredibly difficult for you just fucking off and going and doing whatever you want, building your shelters and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it, it kind of has this strange flow that if you are, unbeknownst almost to yourself sometimes, fighting against that current like, you're going to have a real rough time.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never quite understood the mechanics enough to, like, why the enemies would be spawning or trying to get me so much in certain times. And, like, yeah. sometimes it seems so ridiculously hard Yeah, that I was just... It was almost not fun for that reason.
2: Yeah, and it's, like, it's almost counterintuitive because, like, if you... Yes, if you are set up in one place for too long, they know where you are and they will frequent your yeah. spot more often. And some of the later enemies in that can just like literally walk through your wall and bust it right mm-hmm. any defense that you could put up and you know some people you can turn on um indestructible buildings which seems kind of dumb at first i was like well why would i play with that that kind of seems like it would take away part of the game but honestly it's actually quite necessary if you want to just do anything Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know the game. Uh, the game is almost counterintuitive to itself, to the to the mechanics that it's implementing for you. Yeah, some of them are are interesting, and uh, like you can play with no enemies on. I've seen videos of people learning the patrol routes of the enemies and literally putting up walls and blocking those routes. And when you do, they literally get to the wall and. They see their route is blocked. They just turn around and go back down. <laughs> so they literally have huge swaths of the island walled in, just blocking oh. these patrol routes, and they don't get bothered.
3: Oh, that's cool. The
2: odd time somebody makes will spawn inside of their yeah. walls, just because it's so big. Yeah. But otherwise, they just have at her. Yeah. And they put up all these, all these zip lines from all you know coming yeah. down and into the this valley, and they make this whole. They build a whole building that was just to catch logs. <laughs> <Standing> <laughs> down to the zip line. <laughs> well, and the other problem with the other problem with the game, that game is that the 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 world renders around you, so you can tur- literally turn around or leave an area, so whatever distance it is,
0: mm-hmm.
2: come back, and the the water shell that just collected rain that you had. No longer has rain. Yeah,
3: that was something that was a bit of a deal breaker for me. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. It makes zero yeah. sense.
2: I, you mean I can't set up water traps on one side yeah. of the island at my base and go explore the other for a day, come back, having been rained on on mm. the other side of this island? And my
3: fucking I don't have didn't catch any water. Totally, what? And it's yeah, not that dumb. fucking graphically intensive. No, that you have it's to do not. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. get that. So that was a lot about a game not on our list.
0: But
1: um, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, Moby. Yeah, my number ten is a indie game, uh, Papers Please, from twenty thirteen. Oh, okay. Uh, if listener doesn't know, it's really unique. Uh, you you play a border garden, a fictional like Cold War Iron Curtain quasi Russian country. All you do is you look at passports and you check them with your rule book for uh, inconsistencies, like even in spelling, gender, things like that. You get certain tools. You can, you get like an x ray scanner and certain things. Um, The game lets you, there are opportunities to build different narratives. You might have revolutionaries who try to sneak through, and do you let them or not? Um, You know, do you just be a, a hard ass for the state? you join this like spy group you can like help a bunch of prostitutes get through and their families like there's a bunch of different choices i um, mean it's just just a lot of fun mm-hmm. for an indie game have you uh, played it more than once i played a lot i probably right. play it at least once a year since it came out in 2013
3: mm, okay yeah i played so, it uh, just the one time and i think i my guy ended up getting like taken away by the state yeah, he did not do What good
1: happens when Marty gets uh, 20 bucks handed to him? He's like, yep, I'll take it. No risk.
3: Yeah, well, through. I thought it was fine. My family needed to eat. Like, I'd already lost several of them to starvation. The,
1: the game makes it very difficult. You get paid on a daily basis. The game makes it very difficult to have enough money to cover everything. So sometimes your family either doesn't eat or doesn't get heat. Then they can be sick. You might lose your uncle, oh, but shit. do you want to lose your kid? Wow. It's pretty, yeah, you, pretty bad. Yeah, you've been talking way. about this game for years
2: yeah so it's worth
3: a cheap steam pickup yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. that's
1: yeah. yeah, my number 10
3: all right uh number nine it's uh probably not as high as maybe some people would put it but honestly um i i liked it but not enough to crack the top five red dead redemption 2 a game that is like literally the the triple a of triple a titles you know you can't get can't get more triple a than this um and the single player game at least i haven't spent time with the multiplayer which i've heard there's issues with but the single player is phenomenal um but it is also maybe indicative of a lot of problems with maybe some certain triple a titles it's bloated it's huge it's very slow um it's just a really long big game it feels like you're playing a tv series Hmm. it feels like you're not playing a movie you're not playing an episode of a tv show you're playing a whole fucking series because it's feels like you're playing seasons like every act feels like a season of a tv show which is really cool by the end of it because the uh, emotional payoff by the end of that game is amazing the fact that they made a sequel to red dead redemption one which is a you know beloved game and everyone loves john marsden and blah 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 and they were able to make this new character in a prequel um arthur and he's probably a better character by the end of the game like you're like wow this is fucking awesome um the the emotional moments in the game hit. the licensed music they choose at times when it comes on and plays is amazing it's just like they knew they knew they needed it that at that moment they hit it that comes on you can now i can turn on any of those songs and like i'm brought right back to that moment in that game and like that's that's a good sign for a game i love when music really gets you in a game yeah yeah. Um, especially a good license track, I love that too. Um but yeah, story wise, great, gameplay wise, sometimes lacking, but a really good game at number nine.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, if you yet to play, your copy still sits. I know. If a listener would take the look to their left, you'll see Marty's copy of Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> um, my number nine is Bloodborne. Ooh. Slash Dark Souls three, I suppose. there. I, I, Bloodborne edges out Dark Souls 3,
3: but I mean, like,
2: how can I not give the nod to Dark Souls 3? Like,
3: so, I'm, I'm curious, you've, have you, you've played Dark Souls 1 and 2? Yeah. Okay. Um, see, for me, I'd, neither of these made my list, but Dark Souls 1 would out, would edge out all the other ones of the Dark Souls games. Okay. For me. And reason being, I haven't played 3 yet, but I've heard 3 is one of the best ones. Um, I really enjoyed 3. But I hated Bloodborne. And, yeah,
2: I don't get that,
3: and I'm surprised because everyone loves Bloodborne. I
2: fucking love Bloodborne,
3: but I think for whatever reason, I just I couldn't get good at Bloodborne. Like it wouldn't okay. it wouldn't click. Like yeah, I just yeah. couldn't click on Bloodborne.
2: We're, well, I will tell you. Uh, well, f- uh, frankly, both these titles. It doesn't matter how good I got because when I get through those last bosses, it took me. Like, 30 to 60 minutes of attempts to, start to try to beat them both. No, I... <laughs> both I of
3: these I, games. I get it. It makes sense. But I, could, I got to the point where I was fighting bosses for, like, you know, seemed like an hour, and they weren't... They shouldn't have been the hard bosses. I was yeah. just, like, I couldn't get the mechanics down. Maybe I need to watch a video on it and be like, oh, I'm just not getting this part. Maybe. Because, like, I it just wasn't clicking.
2: Honestly, though, the, the first boss, Father Gascoigne in Bloodborne, yeah. is a difficult boss. Yeah. Like, it's one of the most difficult bosses. Mm-hmm. If you're, I mean, he's got his patterns that are easy to exploit, but I don't know how to exploit them adeptly. No, I know what the patterns are, but I don't know how to exploit them. Mm-hmm. He's a very difficult boss. Um, I feel like from there, like I feel like it has a, it's a very steep learning curve. I, but uh, Bloodborne, yeah, I'm, I'm very looking forward to Bloodborne 2. I believe that comes out in the next year or so. It's gotta be,
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought fuck, I, saw I guess I'll try it again
2: and. As far as Dark Souls 3 compared to the rest of the franchise, I think just with Dark Souls 3, it's at a time uh, of my progression with From Software games that I'm able to enjoy it the most.
3: Yeah, that's true. I, I think is
2: what it is. Yeah. Because I don't actually I didn't finish Dark Souls 2. I got to a point that I got stuck. and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. Fuck it. This is nowhere near the <laughs> what the original was. Mm-hmm. I'm not really enjoying it all that much. Fuck it.
3: I did that with Dark Souls 1 at one point. I played through half of it, and then I just started, like, I guess I ran, I went back to work after some time off, and I was like, man, I just can't keep up with this shit, and I'm not, I'm, I'm stuck, and I'm frustrated, so I stopped and came back, and then beat it. Yeah. And it was, like, a great decision. It was like, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and I, I fully and truly expect Sekiro to knock both of these off this list, mm-hmm. if not be at a higher spot.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm really looking forward to playing Sekiro.
3: I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'll
1: be discussing that later. Could be on your next top 10 of this next decade. Could be. In you know, <laughs> <20 laughs> 10 years, it'll be there. Uh, I'm curious if one or both of you even have this on your list, but I know all three of us have played it. My number nine is Resident Evil 7. Welcome to the family, son. Wow. Yeah. Uh, nope, not on my
2: top not 10. Not on my list. No.
1: Only game that I beat and I immediately replayed. Um, I played through it three times, but, uh, back to back, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought I was going to hate it because of how far it was straying from the Resident Evil, you know, I guess you could say mold, but look at Resident Evil 6 (laughs) with Chris Chris punching rocks and it's like, okay, how much further out of the mold can you get? Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was scary. I thought it was fun. I mean, it was the first real AAA title I had on my gaming PC I
3: mean it was it was a hell of a lot of fun. You know, the first half of the game or so, I would agree with you. Honestly, it was it was great, it was scary. Um that when with Mia crawling up the stairs at that one Ugh. point I was, I was playing through the Ooh. first half hour with my wife and my wife was like fuck it i'm out <laughs> she's <was> like peace <laughs> You know, she just went to bed and probably like cried herself to sleep yeah. after that shit that is um, it part. was creepy i played most of it in a dark room by myself at like midnight and i was like just me and my holding my dog um getting through it <laughs> um yeah you know this is the first half but then the second half i feel like it just changes and mm. it wasn't bad it was not a bad game but it's just i'm personally my problems with it were the enemy variety um the game's not really scary after a certain point because you're too powerful i know that's i know that's exactly what they were going for but i didn't like the decision right um but there's stuff i like i mean like that happy birthday like oh that was so good Um, stuff like that but yeah overall the ending disappointed me then it's just good bad good and bad for me
2: I don't know if you want to add yeah. a No
3: Leland or just move on, but...
2: No, uh, we, we can move on. It is not on my it's list. It's not on your list, I okay. did enjoy it as you, well. I, I, yeah. I borrowed it from Marty, of course. I, yeah. mean, I only played it the one time. <laughs> and I blitzed so. through it, though. Like, I think I played I played it through it in
1: two sittings. Wow. Like, I ripped through it. So, enjoyed it, but it's just nothing to hit a list, pretty much. Uh,
2: yeah, but the thing is, the other things on my list I enjoy for very different reasons. And mm-hmm. they, those reasons are, speak more to me than... The reasons i enjoyed
1: re 7 fair mm. enough well a good, let's continue on
3: good argument um number eight for me is assassin's creed odyssey um another open world title um in my opinion the best assassin's creed game um very much well, that's in the, not difficult no but <laughs> but like the first like the second one is really fun like i really like assassin's creed 2
0: yeah
3: um i played a bit of three but it was just very samey and or sorry, not a bit three. I played Brotherhood. I didn't play three. Um, and then I played Black Flag. And this game takes a lot from Black Flag in terms of like the ship mechanics and that sort of thing. Being a pirate, I guess. In this, you're not a pirate, but it has those kind of mechanics. This felt like the basically the perfect uh, you know amalgamation of all the assassin's creed ideas plus they kind of gave it a sort of witcher 3 western rpg vibe and of course i mean i love the witcher 3 i love those style of games in general just like the open world exploration rpgs Um, and this one was great the female lead is really great in it cassandra i didn't really play the male lead that much but he you know you kind of get one is the antagonist one is the protagonist depending on who you choose um and uh, but just in terms of gameplay and length and just variety it, it I mean it's definitely bloated it suffers from the same bloating of as uh Red Dead Redemption two, but I really enjoyed the gameplay, so it made up for it to a degree um I spent about a hundred hours with it. Wow, really long game, really fun
2: my number eight fallout New vegas this is the only fallout that I actually enjoyed <laughs> yeah. literally the only fallout that I absolutely adored, quite mm-hmm. frankly it was very good i i I don't it's difficult to really describe why this one stands out for me but like I mean 3 was 3 was okay um, 4 was the neither of them are memorable but like New Vegas I remember mm. I remember New Vegas and I remember the uh, the do- literal dozens of times I restarted that game
3: <laughs> I remember too
2: try, trying to figure out what Character I really wanted to start with. <laughs> I think and, I played it through three times. Yeah, yeah. and the skills I wanted, and uh, I don't know. I just that one.
1: I, I wonder could, if they done did good. It did. I wonder if like the amount of restarts you feel you have to do is correlated with a better game for you. There, Leland. Well,
2: I don't know what that is really. Oh, indicative that's interesting. Of. Yeah. Is it's... it? uh Am I just trying to push my roguelike tendencies onto a eighty <laughs> <the> hour RPG? <laughs> That's possible. Yeah,
3: that's a free... <laughs> that's <yeah>. possible.
2: <laughs> because I, quite frankly, do the same thing in Factorio. I get yeah. to a point where, you know what? I think I want a new base.
3: Can that better not be in your fucking list, I want a please. reflection, a self-essay reflection on this, Leland. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah, all, good choice it was an honorable mention for me
2: oh nice nice
3: um my number eight
1: is firewatch from oh really yes. yeah nice
2: choice
1: um i mean this decade is, this is a minor point but um this is where walking simulators actually became a thing yeah you got your steps in this decade buddy oh yeah my digital steps my digital <laughs> steps <laughs> oh <okay>. um, <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, I mean, yes, it is a simulation. Now, Firewatch, I'm hoping, even if you don't have it on your list, Leland, you like that Rich Summers was the main character. Oh, I I very much enjoyed Firewatch. And and, uh, it was an amazing game because, really, it only has dialogue between two characters the whole game. Primarily, yeah. And that's that's it. it. I mean, yeah, I I guess. And um, I do feel like it had more game than other walking simulators some of which i really like but they're literally just walking Mm -hmm. through doors firewatch at least at some point you have to take out a compass and kind of orienteer and go down a rope. but it's not a big deal but it's enough to make it feel more gamey i really liked it
3: yeah i played some good walking simulators this year and uh, none of them are on my list i don't think but um they all very well could have been the fact that they're a little bit shorter um maybe detracted from their them in my mind a little bit, but in terms of just experiences, they're great experiences.
2: Yeah. Really, you think their length is a detractor, not that, you know, they're... See, for me, those types of games... If they are much longer, I feel like they overstay their welcome. Hmm.
3: I agree I agree with you, I think, though, in terms of, like, how they stick out my memory, perhaps. The okay. fact that they're a shorter game, they maybe don't leave the same emotional imprint for me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's a few that would have very... If this was a top 25, there would have been definitely a lot <laughs> more. But but I'm just being realistic. Like, sure. No, no, I no, mean, no. Uh, Moby, did you ever play Soma? I started it. Yeah. I, I need to actually play through it. I right? recommend it. It's It's basically a horror walking simulator. Well, it's yeah. very scary. It yeah. takes place
1: in Toronto. Can't be any more scary than that.
3: Yeah, actually, yeah. It, yep. <laughs> Toronto. <sighs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, Leland.
3: All right. No, Marty's seven. Oh, wait. Yeah. Is, oh, you're
1: just talking about mine.
3: So, speaking of fallout. Fallout 76. <laughs> Number 16 seven. times no. the detail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great
2: Todd
0: Howard. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I had to come with my canvas bag. Um God of War 2018 is number 7. Mm. And that is honestly I, I could have put it higher too. It was at this point we should have,
2: you mean, <clears throat> should have?
3: No, at at this point it's it's really a matter of like I was trying to first okay, so I was trying to rank them originally. Okay, what what is the best game? Objectively the best game. And then I thought, well, what what is leaving the greatest impression on me because as a gamer like what what do I love the most what would I if you know if you gave me five games to play for the rest of my life that like and that that's even a little different but what really resonated with me and and this didn't break the top five but it very well could have because the story is amazing the fact that they rebooted this franchise and like made it something completely different Mm -hmm. and yet still managed to continue the story where it, it feels like a reboot but it is still a sequel and or rather it feels like a sequel but it is a reboot like it's it's i don't even know it's it's great um kratos is great in it um the kid the boy is great it's just it's i don't know if it's intentionally as fucking hilarious as, as it is but like it's amazingly funny at times <laughs> it's very funny yeah. yeah uh and gameplay wise first of all okay so it kind of has some souls borny sort of like action sort of stuff um but primarily it's just really crunchy action like you feel it like when you throw that fucking axe it feels like you're cutting through something and like when it comes back to your hand and the controller vibration it's just it comes with a thud and it feels good like the combat some of the best i've it played is. it is um and it's hard i mean uh, i didn't play it on the uh, hardest difficulty like leland like i don't like ripping my toenails out but <laughs> leland does and um it was very challenging very fun that final Optional boss was a bitch, Oof. and uh, I was happy to be done with it. Yeah,
2: nice, good pick. Yeah, my number seven is Resident Evil Two. Nice, the remake. Nice. This one, I mean, I've n- I never played the original Resident Evil Two. Yeah, so Were you too one, scared? Yeah, as a kid, yeah. I was too scared. We had, we yeah. rented it, played it about five minutes, and that was it. That was all we had. <laughs> <laughs> we had had enough? So this one kind of really took me by surprise, and. It, it just offered, like, t- tight gameplay, incredibly atmospheric, uh, still suffers from very similar things, like you described, Marty, about RE7 by the end of it. Uh, the atmosphere is not really there anymore. Uh, there's certainly... It's less pronounced, that change, that shift, mm-hmm. I believe. But honestly, the last, like, third, possibly half, because the police station section is quite a large portion of the game, but, but by the time you're in the sewers and then at the very end facility... It's um, I don't know. It's it's not what qu- it's not quite what you wanted from the first section, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
3: I get you. I yeah. think that's a typical Resident almost like a trope at, at this point. Totally. It's like okay, mm-hmm. we're out of the first area, and now we're into the laboratory or the facility yeah. or the whatever it is, and then things get a little sure. more high tech and a little more intense, and the action ramps up. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. This one just out of left field for me, and I was incredibly pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. yeah that that's that's a great pick
1: yeah i think that was a, a phenomenal game my next is my second walking simulator on the list which is layers of fear also from 2016 good year for walking simulators layers of fear is the most traditional walking simulator you could ever have you literally walk into a room the door suddenly shuts behind you you can no longer go back Uh, It's because it renders in such a high amount of detail. It's incredibly immersive. It's incredibly scary. Um, I did not find the story predictable. Um, Maybe some general themes where it ended, but the scares were not predictable. And they were not all jump scares, they were very psychological scares. Paintings would start to warp subtly, weird sounds. There were some jump scares. It just scared the living crap out of me, mm. and and that's what I was looking for to do. I'm now playing through the second I've just started. It's pretty good so far, but it doesn't match up to the first, mm. but yeah, it had an impact.
3: It's funny. I was looking at that. It's in my uh, GOG list of games. You bought it for me a long time ago. I'm, oh. I'm still looking at it. I'm like, okay, when am I going to play this? But now you mention it, and it kind of sounds a little bit like Soma, so I'm like, uh-huh. oh. it definitely yeah, is. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I have played enough of Soma to know how it, it works. Yeah and it's similar to that maybe just a bit more linear
0: hmm,
3: okay yeah so, worth a worth a checkout for sure no. all right uh number six is uh, legend of zelda breath of the wild yeah another open world title It seems to be a trend on this list um cool my number six is <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: nintendo is relevantly. well you know
3: what moby will probably get to this at some point so but i will say like it was my favorite uh, zelda title I think of all time um the story has issues um and that's that's <laughs> to put it lightly I think um it's just almost non-existent
0: mm-hmm. but
3: the gameplay itself have other games done similar stuff sure but have they done it as well with like as much pure focus on exploration and creative combat i don't know it's it's and maybe because it's a zelda title you look at it with like these rose colored glasses and go like wow this is so good and maybe that gives it a little bit of extra you know like um you give it a little some leeway you think higher higher of it because because of that but um overall it's it's an amazing game and i spent a, over 100 hours with it like a ton of time the shrines are just so much fun the exploration oh, yeah. so much fun i, I mean i must have played it for like six weeks
0: <laughs> wow yeah
2: yeah, I mean, uh, at this point, uh, it's very much like Avatar and Cloud Atlas. I will never play a Zelda game, uh, despite probably would love Breath of the Wild. From all uh, what you guys have said about, it. I mean, I love open world explorers and stuff. I'd probably dig the shit out of that game. But like at this point, it's just principle. I, you
1: you make it sound like it's not a choice. It's like, not. This, I just I can't play it. I'd love it to death. I'd love the living fuck out of it. But I can't play it. I. <laughs> I, I cannot. Can. I cannot. You can. You must. Well, how? I can't. I mean... Okay, we've talked about this. A Switch. A Switch will unlock all these different games. I know,
2: game. and I... All right. I would, and... I, okay, obviously I would play all these games if I were to
1: purchase a Switch. That's probably never going to happen. So... Kay. I can't. Get with the rest of Western civilization. Uh, Apparently,
2: everyone's got a fucking switch. Everyone's got
1: a fucking switch, or multiple switches. it has got a couple switch lights to keep in the bathroom. Switch for every occasion. I got a bathroom switch.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right. My number six, Alan Wake. It did make my list. I just remember when this game came out, uh, I absolutely fell in love with it. The gameplay was stellar. Oh, I just love the, the light and shadow mechanic and the whole flashlight being your most powerful weapon, basically. The story was interesting, I suppose. Um, kind of weird. I really p- couldn't even tell you now what exactly the thing is about. Also, I think something that drew me to it in my younger age, because I think this came out in 2010, right? This is on the cusp of is
3: I think it was 2010 or 2012. It was yeah, very early. Yeah, very, very... Yeah
2: close to the beginning of this decade but i mean alan wake the main character is a writer and like a writer is the only ever thing i remember growing up ever wanting to aspire to Mm -hmm. um like literally the only thing i've ever
3: been like that would be cool and you're like like, wait that writer has a wife i'm sold boom
2: (laughs) um so i don't know maybe that like weirdly drew me to it but i just the gameplay just really caught me on this one Mm -hmm. and i i played it two or three times like back to back to back.
0: yeah me too
2: and uh uh i mean i got all the dlc for it which was not as good as the, the main game cuz they went more on uh combat heavy as opposed to adventuring heavy. yeah
3: yeah they went very supernaturally too with yeah. like the dlc stuff yeah. um yeah you know what the story is it still resonated with me, though. I think that the choice of music... Again, the choice of music in that game. like yeah. Perfect choice of wow. uh, Space Oddity. the end
2: credits. The end song, credit
3: is yeah. so yeah. good. Um, it leaves you, like,
2: gobsmacked. Like, it what does. did I just play? Totally.
3: You know, and I think that... The story is very Stephen King-esque, yeah. too. Which That's I think really helps. Because we both really yeah, love absolutely. that. So, yeah. The tone, though. The tone and the gameplay. The light and shadow mechanics are so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, uh, like... The batteries are like your main source of like life in that game for your yeah. flashlight. That's yeah. really cool. It is. Um, it's but, very the, interesting. but the actual shooting mechanics are like they're crisp and tight and fun. I mean, it is the yeah. it is the company that made Max Payne one and two. Right. Like they know what they're doing. Exactly. And a neat thing about Control is it has a couple little like Easter eggy nods to um, Alan Wake in oh, it. Oh, cool. Which is cool. It's yeah, cause they're right. kind of like tying it together mm-hmm. in their universe. So that's pretty neat. Nice.
1: Well, my number six is the Resident Evil 2 make. So I won't spend too much time on it except to say that I had really high standards with Resident Evil Remake being probably my favorite game ever, meaning the first remake that occurred on the GameCube. And so I was like, well, how's Capcom going to match up to this? And to be honest, Resident Evil 2 is the much more beloved game overall from fans. Uh, They did a fantastic job. And it didn't feel like it was just updating the graphics felt scarier. The combat was, of course, way better. I don't have too much bad to say about it. We all loved it. Except for Sherry Birkin parts. Right, which I never actually played Claire's story. I only played Leon's story once. Oh, I have to play, really? I have to play Claire's before Resident Evil 3 comes out. Yes.
3: Yeah, the uh, Sherry Birkin part was not fun. No. No.
1: Uh, there was... I wonder how similar was she she had a segment where she was basically defenseless in the original I don't know if it's similar
3: here I'm presuming so Hmm. but
0: uh, I guess
1: you'll find out okay take it
3: away number five all right number five is uh, a bit of a maybe one you guys wouldn't expect but it's Mass Effect 2
0: Okay.
3: Um, so right in the middle of the Mass Effect trilogy before Bioware shit the bed and, you know, released Anthem this year. Um, <laughs> Mass Effect 1 came out, I think it was in 2009. Um, and it's very heavy on the RPG mechanics, but the shooting mechanics are pretty weak. Whereas Mass Effect 2 really improved the shooter mechanics and then pulled back slightly on the RPG mechanics. And I think a lot of people didn't like that, but they they made the actual, like... Story, character, everything else—so tight. The game's just very, very well done. You know, for looking at maybe some BioWare games recently that have had a lot of glitches and problems, Mass Effect Two seemingly has almost none. It's just very well done. The DLCs are very good. The whole game, the game itself—I mean, I, I played it um, originally um, when it came out a couple times, and then I picked it up again, like I think five or six years later, and replayed through Number Two and Three again. So taking through a character I'd already had in uh, the first one, because you can carry your you know carry your character through the, all three games, which was really neat. Um, and then played it through several times. So I had one of the few long RPGs that I went and got the full thousand Xbox achievement points or whatever you know platinum. What do they call it in Xbox? Like a trophy? It's not trophies, right? I forget. Yeah. Okay, whatever it is, I did. it. Whatever it is, I did. I did it. Um, but yeah, one of my favorites, obviously is number five, um, probably the best uh, game Bioware will ever release.
2: Cool. I was never into those games at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, my you. number five is Factorio. Uh, How could it not make the list? This game is. Wrap, <laughs> grab my brain, my heart, he's, my cock. He's
1: playing it right now. <laughs> he is he's making trains, making making trains.
2: I don't know what it is about this game. I just keep coming back to it. I can take long stints of not playing it, but uh, get sucked right back into it. I'm currently in a bout of playing it in every spare minute that I get that I can, that I'm not too tired to be able to summon the brain power to be able to play it because it does take brain power to be able to to really sit down and get into it. And I don't know if you want to really hear more about Victoria. We reviewed it on one of the past episodes. I think we both gave it a 10. I think so. Um, um, it just, it could not make my list and where, where it puts in this top 10. I don't know. It It's, it's at five now because of different reasons uh, talking to me in a month. It could be maybe lower, but I really think it for me
3: deserves a spot in my top 10. I, 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 you know, I think you're right. And it's uh, one of the, like, it's not in my top 10, but it very well could have been. And th- I think the reason I didn't put it in is because, honestly, it is so addictive for me. So fucking addictive. The fact that I don't even want to think about it. Because, <laughs> so, I was actually talking to my wife about this yesterday and trying to explain, because she was like, well, why, why is this so addictive? And I was like, oh, no, I was telling her about how if I turn on an old game, I can't just pick up and play it. I have no idea what's going on. She's like, well, how could you not understand? You did it. Like, no, 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 you don't realize. I had 20 things in my mind planned when the last time I played. Yeah. I don't remember those 20 things. So now I'm looking at a bunch of, like, half-done projects, and I don't know what I was doing with it. <laughs> so I have trains running everywhere, every which way, and I don't even know, you know, up from down at this point. So you have to restart, as you've done many times. Yep. And the process of like restarting and then you start thinking about it and it just fucking permeates your brain <laughs> to the point where like i literally felt like i had to uninstall it at one point, and just oh. be like let's walk away <laughs> from this shit because i would go to bed thinking about factorio have a dream have like a eureka dream and wake up and go like i can do it and yeah. then i would want to fucking just do nothing else
2: yeah man it gets you it does i fucking get you it just... is
3: it is literally called Cractorio for a reason yeah
2: exactly i love running the trains Oh, I love those trains. Man, I love those trains.
3: Oh, yeah. when you Trains, fi- trains, trains. When you figure shit out, it's amazing.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Sounds very rewarding. For some reason, I could never get into it. Well. I don't know. I, I love the soundtrack. I listen to the soundtrack at least once a week through work. But <laughs> Of all hey, the things. That's what I take care
3: That's <laughs> so Moby. That is so Moby. That's so Moby.
1: Uh, what else is so Moby is my number five which is civilization Six, you know know, that had to come up oh yeah only like eight hundred thousand hours yeah and a lot of that's because no i do play alone but a lot of that's playing with my friend joe um it's one of our favorite games to play we're always co-op um i mean i guess in a way the connection of factorio is it's always like procedurally generated maps this is a lot of fun to explore i love 4x i love civilization in general uh, this is the one I would call definitive. This is the one where there's the most to do and to change your sieve as you age it. And hey, Sean Bean narrating everything, narrating all the history. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. He, he narrates all these really cool quotes. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, I'm not going to speak at about length, but um, it's the one strategy game I've got on this list. And yeah, it's fantastic.
3: Cool. Um am coming in at number four and we're getting into probably feel like these four are probably my favorite games. like if these four I was like fuck I don't know which one where do, where do they go. But number 4 is Persona uh, Persona 5.
0: Mm. Um,
3: favorite JRPG of the decade for sure. Um, the weird fucking game. I didn't think I'd really like it. I don't I didn't really know what to expect when I picked it up, but it blew me away. The gameplay is pretty good and the music is phenomenal. Just honestly the music in this game i just love it i could just sit and listen to the music it's ridiculously weird i don't know if the story's for everyone or if this is a game for everyone but if you're into jrpgs i mean it's worth checking out for sure i saw a
2: tweet the other day from some i don't know it must have been like someone liked it right someone like i follow liked it or something because i'm not sure who the who the woman was but she was uh talking about i guess she works at a game store or something and uh, a guy came in and Came up to her and said to her, my niece is a weeb. I have no idea what that is. Could you recommend a game for me that she would love? <laughs> and the woman gave him Persona 5. <laughs> Perfect. Uh. <laughs> well, that's I, another one on my list that I, I really want to check out. I'm uh, not so sure I'm big on JRPGs. Never really have been.
3: So I don't know how I'll take to it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I would never recommend it to you. Yeah. But you might like it. Again, if I could get for cheap, I'd certainly buy yeah. it.
2: Yeah. My number four is Bioshock Infinite.
3: Mm.
2: This is... It's really because of the Bioshock legacy. I mean... Isn't I, it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's why it didn't make my list.
2: Yeah, I know. But I just... I need to shoehorn a Bioshock <laughs> entry into the, every decade of my,
3: it. My first thought when we were doing this was... Bioshock and I was like oh 2007 fuck
2: <laughs> Yeah yeah no no I mean I, I really liked Infinite
3: mm-hmm.
0: I yeah. liked
2: it more than I think a lot of people did um, I played it multiple times Yep I I really dug the story As strange as it kind of was I don't know it, but it was like the, A good kind of weird Right like the end of it like kind, of, You kind of leave you scratching your head still a little bit But you also kind of Understand what happened Yeah yeah, I don't know. I think it was a, it was a, it was an interesting departure from uh, the, the the franchise to date, uh, especially after two, which was really underwhelming and more of a rehash than anything. And they they thought they were going in a cool direction, but I feel like with Bioshock two, making you a big daddy kind of took away from what was interesting and intense about the original title, facing off against the big daddies. Yeah so infinite did did a good job of uh it's 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 a lateral movement uh i would say from the original not necessarily a, a step up or down definitely a, a different direction but mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed it
3: yeah i'd say i prefer the combat style of the original bioshock um like i felt like infinite sometimes felt like enemies were sometimes almost like bullet sponges in a way yeah um I re- i actually replayed it this year Oh, really? Um, And I was planning on replaying the DLC. I just, or actually playing it. I haven't played them before um, because I've heard they're very good and really wrap up the story. But I haven't gone around to them yet. Um, It didn't make my list, but I could very well make an argument for it. Sure. It's a really good game.
1: Balshock. It's got his name on it. It's funny because there's so many choices. You two are like, oh, yes, of course. And you start having this banter. And then I feel like I'm on my own island throwing out these choices which is <laughs> kind of true in circles around that island and that's gonna continue with number four uh world of warships had to appear at some oh, point yeah, here yeah. um i have sunk a prodigiously ridiculous amount of money into this game <laughs> free to play uh, <laughs> <laughs> i learned how much of an irony that is <laughs> me with my 148 ships i think i have at this point holy hell I think there's like two hundred, about two hundred in the game, wow, two twenty. Buddy, gotta catch them all. I gotta catch them all because they're so unique. They War really ships. are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun because I'm. This is just a huge. I'm huge in naval history. It's like my number one interest outside of the stuff we do on the podcast. Um, so when you have a bunch of these ships in a game, it's a lot of fun. It's not always historically accurate, of course, because it's an action game but it's fairly historically accurate. They really try to have like all the guns in the right places and the right amount of armor and speed and things like that, or at least scale it properly. Um, So I get a lot of enjoyment out of that game. I'm still almost as excited to play it as I was when I first played it three years ago. So it had to appear on this list.
3: Yeah. You know what? Um, Looking back at your uh, amount of time playing it, I'm surprised I didn't think that would be on your list. Of course. Surprises. Yeah, it only makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be just like your brother not picking Counter Strike. Of course, it's on exactly.
1: Self. But in the in that way, it it kind of feels like it's part of my life. And then there's other video games. So <laughs> yeah, just like with, yeah. with my brother, it's, it's like, like he's always had Counter Strike. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Leland kind with of true. But uh, take it to the top three. Wow, top three.
3: All right, uh, number three uh, is uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. <gasps> my goodness, Ooh. that's very high. Very high. <laughs> um, yeah, a game from 2019 um, and my favorite from software game. Uh, the first playthrough, I spent about 60 hours, and frankly, I sucked for about the first 40. And then I <laughs> then suddenly it clicked and I realized there's like this rhythm to the game and a rhythm to the deflection mechanics because the game plays a lot different from other Soulsborne games where I found in soul, other Soulsborne games, you're really just trying to get a hit in or a couple hits in, learn patterns and get away before you get punished. Whereas in Sekiro, you're trying to get in, stay in, and then basically you're breaking their guard down. So using in their face, deflection, and then and attack. So you're basically breaking down their their guard meter, or whatever, and then trying to get an instant kill, you know, or bring down one of their little health bars or whatever. So the gameplay is almost different. It's like you're not expecting this type of in-your-face. You actually have to engage the bosses head-on. And at first, that was fucking with my head because I'm so used to like running for, for my dear life and trying to like cheese my way through these fucking games because I sucked at them. And then suddenly with this game, it clicked and I was good. And other than the main boss, which took me literally five or six hours um, of fucking just both agony and like bliss, I was happy. I was happy fighting the stupid fucking boss (laughs) because four four unique health bars, they're all hard, but then suddenly the first two go so fast because you get so fucking good at it after you're playing it like uh, probably 150 times, honestly, that the last two health bars took me fucking like four hours to figure out. Wow. Um, but honestly, it's just one of the most fun experiences I've had playing a game. Super challenging. Do not recommend for Moby at all because there's no difficulty choices. Eww. It's it's just super hard and then new game plus harder, harder. Like, like you just play it. Yeah, uh, it just gets that. harder. You
2: play that for oh, me. Oh, I'm like. hyped. I'm no. hyped to play this.
3: Now you the, should prioritize. Top three.
2: It's crazy.
3: <laughs> but there is one boss that I, that I feel like is actually from a dark souls game it does not fit in the fucking game at all it feels like and it feels like it should have like a mecha- like you should be fighting it like you'd fight a dark souls boss but in this game the the mechanics aren't the same so it it's just like a giant arena like it does not feel like a Sekiro fight and honestly like i i did beat him but it was like the hardest fucking thing I'd- wow. yeah weird yeah very very hard optional though optional boss oh okay. yeah that's so- that's bad, right? yeah but still you know need-, need the achievements wow
2: yeah yeah I want to play that right now. Okay, number three. Let's get this shit done with. Number three. Spider-Man. Sony Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. 2019. And Man, this game was good. This game blew me out of the water with how good this was. Mainly because of just uh, the, the web slinging mechanics and the combat are f- both phenomenal in this game. The story is also very excellent and very poignant in some parts. I feel like uh, I played it twice in very quick succession. You know, the second time on the hardest difficulty, I imagine. And it was interesting going through it as, like, much more quickly the second time. Because it is an open world game and there are other things to do in the world other than the main story arc. But it was interesting just the way I felt, uh, like, the story was told rushing through it. Like, just doing all the main story right away. Mm -hmm. The second playthrough, it wasn't told uh, very clearly. Uh, as far as like world events happening. I see. It felt a little jumbled mm-hmm. and almost uh, at some points like it was out of place and out of sync with the rest of what I was doing. Oh, I see. In the world, which I don't know. It was very weird.
3: I get what you mean, though, because at times the game actually says like, hey, go web sling around and solve some crimes, essentially. Right? Right, right. right. It's essentially saying build your guy up. But yeah. because I went slow the first time, it would last five seconds and then stuff would happen. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> exactly that's exactly right
0: yeah
2: so it was weird um i don't know if that's really a detractor for it but yeah this game was really really good and man another game like this would be phenomenal
3: mm-hmm. oh i'm sure we'll get a sequel coming for ps5
2: like between between that and into the spider verse in 2019 like fuck you, sony knocked you have it it max of Spider-Man.
3: max spider-man sony knocked it out of the park yeah the 2018 i think it was for both of those oh yeah it was
2: yeah. oh my yeah. god Holy time's shit. flying that's what happened
1: I don't know, 2019, apparently, even though we don't know where it went.
2: Yeah, you're right, because it just came out this time in 2018.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I will see. Um, my number three is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I love it. It's not my all time favorite Zelda, that's probably second or third. For basically the same reasons that Marty said, and I'd have the same criticisms too. The story is basically non existent or very fragmented, there's not much there. But just the mechanics of the world, the physics of the world, exploring, cooking, mining, doing whatever, building yourself up, the shrines, it's just so much damn fun. And I played it twice and the second time was almost as fun as the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm, I'm so glad that the sequel Zelda we're getting, which, you know, it's very rare to have a true sequel to Zelda. I can count two other times it's happened. But we are getting a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. I just hope they change up the map. I hope it's not the same
3: map. Yeah, I mean, please. I really hope they do too. Because that would be really lame if there's just like a new thing. Like if, like, I don't know, aliens come and now there's new things you have to enter. Like that would be really shitty.
1: Well, it was fun with Breath of the Wild. Just one little anecdote was there's a time where you and me i mean you can't play the game multiplayer but i was texting you and we found out we were in the exact same spot on the map mm-hmm. and you're like giving me advice on like hunting areas and where to get prime meats and stuff like that yeah that it was, was pretty that fun, was fun actually that
3: was a good time playing it together because you you'd picked it up a little bit before i did i think i, I yeah. picked it
1: up earlier and basically it was the last spot in the game for me to go to but i think you went there somewhat earlier yeah because the game kind of lets you just do what you want which is great mm-hmm. and so yeah
3: Breath yeah Wild. Definitely a good pick. Man, I wish I could play it, but I just yeah. can't do that. No, of course not. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe the day you watch watched Cloud Atlas and uh, Avatar back-to-back. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That'll be a
2: hell
1: of a day. Yeah. Was Avatar this decade? That would be the
2: day. No, no it was 2009.
3: 2009. Oh, yeah. I, I would have put it, it on my list. <laughs> <Just> uh, <laughs> okay, number two. Where number, are we going? Number two, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Wow. wow. I fucking love this game. It's probably my, wow. it's my favorite game this year, obviously. Um, wow between that and secure, I played them back to back it was like I don't know like an orgasm oh it was like a thousand it was like exploding <laughs> fucking son of orgasms the power of a
2: thousand exploding suns yeah. in my
3: pants yeah exactly um okay <laughs> there's problems with the game that I mean the fact that there's yeah pro- sherry Birkin well, the biggest problem is that the game, like you have, you're supposed to play it through four times to get the full story. But they tell you the full story in two playthroughs, and even those two playthroughs are a bit jumbled, and they don't yeah, they don't make don't se- like they don't make sense. Yeah. And I feel like if they had done a better job there somehow, oh, I don't I, and I don't that know would
2: have made the world a difference.
3: And I don't know how honestly it's it's unless you made the game. Way longer and then different parts at, or or parts or, ver, you know, like one playthrough shorter or something.
2: Yeah, it it would have been such a departure from the original. <laughs> it would have. It would have put off a lot of people, I think.
3: But the fact that, that that happened and I don't care. I mean, I played the game, I think, 12 times. Wow. In a month and a half. <laughs> I played I 65 hours, 12 times. I got every achievement. Except one now because they added one where you just read, you read a letter from Jill. It's like a Resident Evil 3 promotional thing. So now I have to go back <laughs> well, and get a, another fucking achievement. Um, and it's like halfway through the game too. So it's going to take me 10 minutes to get through halfway through the game. <laughs> but okay, so I play like I very rarely play Resident Evil games on like the hardest difficulty and try to do speedruns and stuff. But I wanted to get everything. So I went through on hardcore having to do it under like two hours or whatever it is, two and a half hours to get the fucking rocket launcher and all the other shit. So I got every, every possible thing you can get in that game, including all the mercenaries with all the tofus. So everything. Jesus. Love it. Game of the year 2019. Can't wait for number three. The graphics are amazing. The gameplay is my favorite. Awesome. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh,
2: my number two, Batman Arkham City. Ah, Hails goodness. way, 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 way back to my roots here. Um, Ooh, I remember you playing this for a year. Yeah. I, I put more hours into this than I did Elder, Elder Scrolls five. <laughs> and they came out around the same ish time, I believe. Yeah. Man, I I this game was so, so good. It was such a great follow-up to Arkham Asylum. It blows Arkham Asylum out of the water. It took everything that was shit about Arkham Asylum as far as story and and, and boss fights, all the complaints that people had on Asylum and just just, just fixed beefed it. it up. Beefed it up. They've expanded the world, not too large to be ridiculous, but I think it was just large enough. You had so much mobility just with your, your grappling hook around this s- small portion of Arkham's. Mm. Um, and, of course, I mean, Kevin Conroy as Batman is my Batman. How can yeah. I not love that? And Hamill as the Joker. I, how can I not love that? How can I not love those? It's just so good. And, man, I have loved the hell out of playing all those challenge maps. That's where I sunk the time in, right? Mm-hmm. All the challenge maps. They were so fun. So fun. Is playing all the different characters. Trying to get all, you know, take out dudes in a certain way and meet all the, the special metal requirements. And when stuff.
3: you get into those in a game and they're done well, it's addictive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, And I remember you playing it over and over and over again. Did you end up beating all of it and getting everything? Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, with all the skins of all the characters, all the different characters.
3: <laughs> Crazy. Yeah.
2: And you know what? Well, see, that was my largest problem with Arkham Knight. Yeah. Um, they didn't have any. They, they literally didn't have those challenge rooms. Wow. Was, yeah. So that's what I was looking forward to again. Yeah. That is a huge part of the predecessor they had no, that they had I missed. no, out challenge on. rooms. It was it was it was what what was it? It was oh, it no, it was like little markers around the map that were kind of similar,
3: oh, but it was
2: more okay. it was more to be ingrained in, in the world itself.
3: Right, as opposed to an add-on that was like, you know, you could a be, whole other be,
2: menu. Yeah, it was literally very a whole other section yeah. in Arkham okay. City.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: So I was incredibly disappointed. Yeah, with that. I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. But yeah, man, I love that game.
1: Uh, my number two is Stardew Valley from Whoa. 2016. I Stardew Valley was my Factorio. When I played this game, I was like, oh shit. I remember I canceled a bunch of my um, social engagements, came up with excuses. <laughs> and for three weeks, I remember it was three solid weeks, it was literally work. And this and maybe the odd family like requirement. Like I had to go to a birthday or Easter. I think it might have been Easter. I had to go to Easter. I left <laughs> as quickly as I could. I just love Stardew Valley. It was everything I could possibly want out of a Harvest Moon type game. Which I've been playing since I was a kid. And I ended up buying it for th- – uh, did I buy it for three platforms? I think I did. I have it for Switch. I have it for PC i could swear though i had it for a third platform somehow but anyways i've got at least for those two and beat it a few times got like four years in restarted it even this last week and it was kind of like a Factoria thing it's like i can't i got other games to play people have bought me uh, gifts i'm like i can't get back into honestly this. though we need to get back in that multiplayer shit
3: we do I that was fucking fun. that is fun. that was fine <laughs> that was it's really still save. we gotta do yeah. it yeah Let's yeah, we it. gotta figure that out because I have a feeling like we lost some stuff because we didn't just like transfer all the stuff to the one character. Because I think oh. I think there's like some issues there.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well,
3: worst case, as long as we
1: can, you know, yeah, commit to play a few hours every few weeks, yeah, then we can restart one. But mm. I I'd be down to figure out where we were. That was yeah, like a lot
3: of fun. That was fun. That was like a, <laughs> we played for five hours. <laughs> yeah,
2: so five hours went by, and yeah. we're like, what? Yeah. Like Marty and I are down in the dungeon and Moby's up there fucking flat in the seas and
1: yeah, making money boys. Yeah, it's
3: Making true. coin. Well, I think what was fun about that was it was literally like we were just playing Stardew Valley but we we're just chatting and we we're all in the same Stardew Valley. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like there was nothing really special about we it. We were not
1: working together. Did, at all. Did, but did we work together in the
3: mines though?
1: I think we lost in the mines. Uh, yeah. I, I think I remember that. I but,
3: feel like it, but I think we all kind of did our own fucking thing. Yeah. We got if they announced Stardew Valley two, I'll be so <laughs> but, happy. Uh, also, we had a like a group bank account, which was terrible. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah,
0: that's
3: so nice. bad. Stop spending, guys!
2: <laughs> I went and bought all those watermelon seeds or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man good stuff oh, that's so much fun
2: wow yeah. all right big, yeah, time for good game number, number
3: one uh well obviously it's uh the witcher 3 wild hunt oh uh, Um yeah, of course yeah my favorite game of all time probably honestly uh, um i yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about it other than it's just my favorite game it is another western rpg made by an eastern company um <laughs> and okay so CD yeah you have a european eastern <laughs> yeah true um <laughs> cd project red um primarily known for the witcher series with i've never played the first witcher but i've played number two and three I, when i played number two i knew like they were like a special company a really great game obviously i played it like three times i think it's a little bit shorter than wild hunt but wild hunt is just the definition of an epic it is a 150 hour game if you play through every side fucking thing there is and the dlcs are as long as most normal games if not longer um i think their blood and wine dlc is at least 40 hours long and you can pick it up for about eight bucks now Um, and it's phenomenal it's Mm -hmm. so good um the for the time the graphics were the best graphics you could probably find anywhere the game runs fantastic i i've considered picking up picking it up again on my pc just because it is so beautiful still um and like Geralt of Rivia, his whole story, all those characters, just amazing. If you even remotely enjoy the Witcher TV series, you're we would much re- much prefer playing the game cuz it's way better. Um and and the series is decent, but I'm not going to get into that. Um <laughs> but it's it's my favorite game of the 2010s. If we're talk or if we were talking about 2000s, I probably would have had some, you know, some stuff to fight it, but in terms of 2010s, yeah, it's my favorite game.
1: Awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a uh... Not surprising that that's your number one. The, yeah, that's not on my top 10. It ain't my number one. I game.
1: think I know what your number one is. Uh,
2: well, my number one is God of there War. There we go.
1: There's
0: yeah.
2: Zero question. God of War is a literally, this game is literally the culmination of the last 20 years of my video game history. Like literally. Mm-hmm. It all culminated into this beautiful gem of an old man and his boy. I, just, I just god damn it this game i love this game it just i just i'm such a fan of the god of war franchise and this was such a a beautiful reboot slash continuation, slash whatever you call it i don't I, they just killed it with this i knocked it out of the park i can't believe the job that they did on this game it's
1: literally like i i have zero complaints for the about this game mm-hmm I remember coming over and you were constantly restarting it and raging at your TV. Maybe that's that's what you like. Well, it was very difficult. And at that time, I was playing <laughs> through on
2: uh, the god ga- the mode yes. or whatever it is, The is. The
1: I'm like, this doesn't seem fun. This seems like torture. It, w- it was torturous. Yes. But Kratos and boy persevered. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is like how I like really hot sauce that burns the hell out of me. That's exactly what it is. It's a thrill. It's, yeah, it's exactly when you, when what it you is. Yeah. survive. So. See, when I
2: have hot sauce like that, I get the hiccups. I don't get the hiccups when I play God of War. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: well, if there's any reason for your best video game ever, it's that
3: it doesn't give you hiccups. Do you know it's your vagus nerve that causes that hiccup reflex? Really? That's what I No, It doesn't happen to everybody, though. Not everyone has that reflex, but it is caused by that nerve. Oh. Huh.
2: How do I get it out? How do I cut it out? Where is it?
3: Uh, it's in your brainstem. Oh (laughs) (laughs) Also you need it for your organs
2: (laughs) I
1: can't need it that badly if not everybody has it
3: Well they have it but it doesn't always cause that effect Oh well
1: that's weird Hmm. So my My top game um, Is maybe a a slight surprise To you guys because it goes way back to early 2010 and I don't think I talk About it all the time but it's my Third favorite game ever It is Trauma Team (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> I hey,
1: <laughs> I absolutely oh, adore. Look at the Traumateur. difference of these lists: The Witcher it's Three, God of War twenty eighteen, <laughs> Trauma an anime based medical drama. <laughs> I, I just love the game to death. You play why, like, am I, why am I surprised? I shouldn't be surprised. Shouldn't be. I know. I know. You play five different doctors. There is an easy mode. You play five, <laughs> different, five different doctors who have different styles. Have you beaten
3: it on hard? Like on the hardest difficulty?
1: I haven't even beat it on normal. Jesus I beat it surprised. like four times on easy. I hate so much about what it is I know, that you
2: <laughs> choose to be.
1: Does
0: Trauma <laughs> Team have
2: an optional Val- a Val- Valkyrie Queen boss that literally takes you four hours to defeat? There's nothing optional. I mean, what's nice. Not is- including the eight previous. Valkyries that you have to defeat to get to be able to
1: the chance to fight the Valkyries you're queen. talking about is so far different than what trauma <laughs> team could ever be.
3: Valkyries oh, and shit. I just can't wait for you to play Sekiro. Okay. I know I'm you.
1: You got to start it tonight, it. or something. Mm-hmm. Start tomorrow. Um, but again, so different doctors. Some of them play really differently. There's one that's like forensics. So you're just dusting for prints, collecting clues. It's a lot of fun. Like Marty says, fantastic music makes the game. I listen to the soundtrack probably twice a week at work. You can play the doctor's stories out of order, so you could plow through with one doctor, and it's all one big narrative. But you can see all one side if you want. You can jump around. You can do like one, 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 one if you want. Um, so you kind of build your own narrative, your own story because there's a lot of cutscenes. Um, and yeah, I, I it's so much fun. It's like when people talk about wine. Maybe it's cheap wine. Maybe no one else likes that wine, but if you like how it tastes, just drink it
3: or just play <laughs> it. In this wow, case. very uh, well. Very I mean, nice. we shouldn't judge each other for things we like. No, but thank you, unless, but unless
2: Babadook is on your top ten movies list,
1: well, maybe Moby gets really high and plays trauma team. I don't know. Well, yeah, you never know. Boys, three and a half hours in or whatever yeah. it is,
3: we're here. Pretty good. No, nice it, job. It's got to be the longest. I mean, it, it's it's fitting because it is the end of a decade, so right. we took a decade to but finish the episode.
2: Actually, our 2017 year-end episode was also three and a half hours, and that only covered a year. Wow. <laughs> We're getting better, boys.
1: <laughs> we are getting better. Wow. And
2: Divinity 2 was in your top five video games of that year, I do believe. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it does oh, make sense. Good. Very good.
1: All right, well, we've taken long enough. Let's end the show This, Yes, end the show, stuff. If you
2: are still here... Yes, we got.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening, listener. You followed us this far. We've
2: got all of our, our show notes, uh, the Lots of written content up there. Uh, very up to date, not outdated whatsoever. Uh, but before we really do the sign off, though, we need to get rid of
1: Ghost Marty. Uh, yes, we, we do. must perform the seance once again. Let's let's do the bye bye seance to Marty. We'll we'll then you know, give him his formal goodbye. Okay. But, uh... Well, until then, I've been Leland Steel. I've been Moby. And I'm Marty. Take care, listener. Thanks, listener. bye Bye. -bye.
2: Ah!